Before we start today's episode of Zillennial Canon, we just wanted to let you know that there's a link in our description to some friends of the pod, including Adam's second podcast, Aggressively Okay, that he hosts with Joe, Back to Back, SeltzerCast, and a few others that we know you'll enjoy. Thanks for supporting us, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, it's your friend Jillian at Emo Canadian. Please follow me. I am desperate for attention. Um, I saw that you're doing what I assume is the Lizzie McGuire movie, but you could just be talking about the whole TV show, but I'm just going to assume you're talking about the Lizzie McGuire movie. Um, my memory doesn't really have anything to do with the movie. It has stuff to do with the um, one of the actors in the film. Uh, the guy who plays the concierge, his name is Jody Rasko, and he was um, my teacher in theater school for two years. And he is the nicest, kindest, most supportive human being I've ever encountered in my life. And I love him so much. He's been in everything. He was, he knew I was like a giant X-Files fan, and he was a guest star on an X-Files episode. So he told me what it was like to to work with Jillian and Jillian Anderson and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, and we would rewatch the Lizzie McGuire movie. And one time we were in, it was before class and we all rewatched the Lizzie McGuire movie, um, before he came in for class. And then, um, when he came in, he was like, why the fuck are you watching this shit? And he told us that he literally had no idea who, what Lizzie McGuire was or who Lizzie McGuire was, and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, um, Josie Ra- Joey, Joey Rasko is a good dude, um, and I love him so much, and he has a wife named Marguerite, which I just think that's a cute name. So, yeah, uh, that's my memory. I love you guys. Bye. <laughs> Hi everybody and welcome back to Mamma Mia Italiano Let's Sing at the Coliseum that was improvised. Uh this is Zillennial Canon. I'm Kira. And I'm Adam, and I don't have an opening this week, so <laughs> that's all you get. Uh Adam asked me as I hit start recording, do you have an intro for this week? And I said, uh kind of. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Today we're covering uh, the Lizzie McGuire movie, which um, technically is a part of Decomber, but we are breaking our own unwritten rules <laughs> to cover this. I feel like we've um, we established so much, like we hyped it up, we said Decomber, and we're only doing three weeks of December. And one of them isn't month. even... It's a theatrical release, but... Yeah, it's, uh, not, it's not even a decom movie, so we have three decoms... One, what do we call this even? Like it's it's not not a decom, but a it's, Disney film. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Disney joint. Um, so um, yeah, it's uh, 
I just really think that after this exhausting week that Disney has given us uh, regarding streaming and home releases, I really think that we deserve a theatrical release this week. And I think that's that's kind of what our uh, <laughs> intentions were with this, but not really. Um, but this movie was chosen by our guest this week, if he wants to introduce himself. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Drew. Drew Dietzen, at Drew Dietzen of We Bought a Mic podcast, which uh, Ernie, who was on last week, correct? Yes. Is also an alum of. Uh, I did not know that, like, I, I guess I did deep down, but I had forgotten that this was a theatrical release, and you were too polite to correct me. <laughs> so well, thank you for that. I, I told Drew this before, but I want to say it for the listeners, too. We wanted to make amends for him not coming on the uh, Max Keeble episode that um, our good friend Joseph Salamone uh, slash enemy came on for. And um, and that was a movie that Joseph hasn't even seen. So now I feel extra bad about it. But <laughs> we're giving Drew free reigns this week. It's it, it's all him. He's got, he, like, we're not censoring anything, not anything out. It's all Drew this week. Yeah, well, you usually have to censor a whole lot, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've usually had to censor, really nasty on here. I had to censor the back-to-back episode because uh, Zach started making some threats at a at a certain former child film critic. <laughs> I think you know who we're... There's only one. There's only one. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Listen, I haven't... I, I haven't when I, I remember seeing that kid on Good Morning America when I was like... I was probably like 14 and he talked a bunch of shit about inception. And I was like, Oh, that's the greatest movie of all time. Every 14 year old knows that. I remember <laughs> when I was on a shout out to the doc plus pod podcast, I was on their pod recently and we somehow went from Borat to, to uh, lights camera Jackson. And I told Johan that uh, I think seeing LCJ on uh, was it today show or whatever. Um, that's my 9-11, I think. <laughs> speaking of 9-11 and speaking of Max Keeble's <laughs> before we started recording, we were discussing uh, Max Keeble and um, Drew had said that it came out in September 2001 and I said, is that pre or post 9-11? And he said that he has a lot to say about it. So before we start on Lizzie McGuire... I just really want to know, um, because, the, like, I'll make a point to say that, like, the dad in this is the dad in Max Keeble, so it it connects. So I just really want to know how Max Keeble connects to 9-11, in your words, Drew. Oh, thank you so much for clearing the room for me. Um, <laughs> I won't take advantage of the fact that I won't be censored. I'm going to keep it PG, you know, 13. Um, but Max <laughs> Keeble... It was actually released, uh, I'm looking up, on October 5th, 2001. And this isn't a joke. Like, nobody was watching comedies, like, right after 9-11. And also, nobody was going to the movies. A lot of things just sunk because of 9-11. And I truly think that Max Keeble would have been a bigger deal. Because they sunk budget into it. They sunk marketing into it. Um, you know, it had, like, all the... Bi- like, they, they spent money on all the music in Max Keeble. Um, they have Lil Romeo, like it has everything that a kid would want to see, but 9-11. And (laughs) you're asking uh, my broader theory about 9-11. I don't remember exactly how (laughs) this came to be, but uh, at this point I do 
fully believing and committed to the idea that uh, Max Keeble did commit 9-11. And at the very <laughs> least, he or at the very least, he knew and he didn't say anything. A la Dick Cheney. <laughs> I feel like Drew, um, I'm surprised, much like Gotti, no one's put out a hit for him yet, because I think... Um, <laughs> Between uh, this and your Stallone theory and uh, countless other theories that you have, Drew, you're just exposing so much truth, and I'm surprised you're still standing today. Um, I'm unsinkable. I, I operate on such a low-key level of Twitter that I think I mostly just come across as like borderline schizophrenic as opposed to like a reputable source on any of this. Uh, and I'm gonna, I intend to keep it that way. Thank you for noticing. I, I, I fully I mean, believe there are crazier theories out there on Twitter, you know. I think yeah. that's pretty sane compared to anything else you'll see on Twitter. It's yeah, it's more sane than QAnon or like 5G or any of that. Just we can all collectively, I think, gather around the fact that Max Keeble did 9-11 and Robe knew. <laughs> and Robe knew. <laughs> <laughs> and Lil yeah. Romeo at the very least had something to do with Tower Seven. Oh my god. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> it's also a pretty good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, My favorite I mean, movie. Yeah, great movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, how did he fit in the? I mean, how could he see the steering wheel? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's really short. Alex D. Linz is uh, what more problematic people would call a shapeshifter. Um, in the same line as like Illuminati, you know, what people tend to think about them that because you have to think about also that kid and Max Keeble, you can say what you want about the movie. It, I think it has like too much going on in that movie. There's like 10 different subplots. Alex D. Linz is putting in just about the best child acting I've ever seen in like a kid's movie. He, he fucking rules in that movie. I don't care. Um, so for him to just give up on acting smells a little fishy to me. I don't know. <laughs> well, does anyone have tabs on him now? Like, what's he doing? <clears throat> I don't know. I did know. We look it up during the episode. I feel like we did. I, that entire episode was a is a blur to me because I just remember it ending with Joey DMing Maddie Goslin from uh, uh, what's that? Sh- John and K plus eight fame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he DM'd a Gosling. Yeah, he. Uh, oh. he he's the same age as one of the kids, and he uh, he DM'd her. Uh, oh no! One of the daughters. Well, uh, like the oldest daughter. Like, yeah, like I one know. of the older, like twin daughters. They're the same age. We also came across the fact that the dad uh, is D- he DJs at what Chili's or something mm-hmm. oh. in in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania. And, and he is on Cameo. If you're <laughs> interested, yeah. And yeah. I, I wonder how much it costs because I've been weighing getting one for my sister of John Gosling, but his are very sad because. He, you know, he he doesn't look great. He's not looking well. <laughs> yeah, as is like most of the people that are on Cameo. Like, no offense to them, but uh, nah, not not so, too hot. Oh, speaking yeah. of which, you know who is on there from this movie is the kid who plays Ethan, the the cool. jock and Lisa McGuire. He's on Cameo. Oh my god, we should get one that says that he wants to eat spaghetti in Rome. I guarantee you he'll say it. He's one of those dudes who likes... He sells out on Cameo. He'll say what you want him to say. He looks unrecognizable, too. It's very funny. I'm enjoying the trend of, like, celebrity... Like, especially, like, celebrities from either 
children movies or more specifically children's TV shows recently, especially on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Cause like all the entire cast of uh, Victorious has been doing like, uh, what do you call it? Like when you a duet or whatever on, mm-hmm. on TikTok, like they've been reacting to other people's TikToks about it. And it's actually pretty entertaining, but yeah. I want to see a resurgence of uh, Max Keeble TikToks. We should do that. We should do that. I started Austin Powers TikTok. We should do Max Cable TikTok. I just checked. Alex D. Lins has not been active on Twitter since 2014. Yeah. And I just want to say, it's, is it a coincidence that the dude from Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off has also not been active on Twitter since 2014? As we They're thought in lot. cahoots. They're okay, in is cahoots. This, is this bigger than I originally thought? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're cooking with gas now. <laughs> Literally. What is it with the Bam Boy exposing is involved in 9/11? Oh Bobby. no. Hey, now we're now we're cooking with jet fuel, you know what I mean? <laughs> cooking Eddie's dogs with jet fuel. <laughs> oh no. No, I really think that honestly Alex D. Linz suffers from a condition that a lot of child actors suffer from, which is um should have got braces syndrome, but parents wanted you to keep being a child actor. And yeah. so like his face just never like changed, <laughs> you know, like he, he just kept looking like a kid. He has over 2000 followers on Instagram and is following zero people. That's next level baller. That's pretty cool. I'm, Should I follow him with the Zillennial account? He, um, sure. He has no posts though. Do you think it would be particularly hard to like get him on a pod? Well, like, I feel like if he had a social media presence, no. But yeah. I don't even know where to go about contacting this guy. Like, yeah, he definitely, like, doesn't even have the Instagram app downloaded to his phone. Like, he probably no. has, like, a flip phone. He's just, like, living in the woods somewhere, having a happy life. <laughs> Damn. Wish that were me. Like, imagine, like, logging out. <laughs> just I, in general. <laughs> I wanted, when I was a kid, I genuinely did want to be him so badly. Yeah. Like, I remember this... you telling me this before. You said like that movie is like what the biggest fantasy ever. For yeah, a kid? it's like it's like because like there's wish fulfillment in the realm of like fantasy where it just gets huge and it's you know it's it's beyond anything you could have. But Max Keeble is like pretty close to what you could have in real life if you just were not an anxious little boy. Yeah, <laughs> right. like which I that's, was. That's literally like not to like have like a perfect segue, but like that's literally how I feel about Lizzie McGuire. Because I feel like a lot of the times when we talk about movies that are, like, Kira's teen girl canon, it's, like, like a mean, like, rock star girl or whatever. But, like, Lizzie McGuire is literally, like, she has, like, a big ego and stuff, but she's also just, like, not, like, mean. Like, she's mm-hmm. just, like, nice and normal, but, like, she still has, like, that, like, like the literal, like, animated, like, ego. And I think that's really... Like, it's, like, wish fulfillment in the sense that, like, she's just very, like, wholesome and somebody that you can, like, actually see yourself reflected into and is just, like, funny. Yeah, and the show is, is way, you know, it's super grounded. Like, it, it mm-hmm. really, you know, nothing super outlandish is happening episode to episode except for, like, Matt's little evil schemes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. like, uh, the movie, though, is, like, that's, like, a full wish fulfillment movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's really just like what every girl would dream of is like, you know, going to Rome and just becoming a pop star on accident for like a weekend and then somehow never having to deal with any repercussions of that. <laughs> like just going home back to life. 
Well, I sent it to Kira, um, but I saw a Letterboxd review for this after I watched it. And uh, someone posted, and I can't get this out of my head, that it's Mulholland Drive for kids. <laughs> and it really I actually, is. it really is. Like, if you break it down, it literally is. Um, so I'm, I mean, Kira, did you grow up on the show? Because, like, I'm curious. Because I, like, I kind of did, kind of didn't, but, and we're the same age, so I'm curious. Yeah, I kind of did. Um, I think I said it in the past, like, I really didn't watch Disney Channel as a kid. Like, I just kind of, like, watched the movies on and off and stuff, or, like, at friends' houses. But this is the one show that I do remember watching on Disney Channel. Um, and, like, I don't remember, like, specifics of the show, but I remember I had, like, a cool, like, Lizzie McGuire sweatshirt. Um, and I would wear it, like, all the time. And I remember the movie. And actually, like, a memory that I have with the movie is that... Um, because this came out in May 2003 my mom had my little brother in July 2003 and the thing that I remember the most about this movie is that me and my little cousin used it as like a cover-up for my mom's like baby shower like when we were planning like a surprise party we told her that my aunt was taking us to go see the Lizzie McGuire movie and we thought it was so funny (laughs) (laughs) that is extremely cool (laughs) a very specific cover-up yeah right (laughs) (laughs) um i remember when i went to go see it um i had the choice when we got to the theater my mom was like okay we can either go see lizzie mcguire or daddy daycare i'm like well i'm picking daddy daycare i don't know about you like so uh and i I have always liked lizzie mcguire but it was never like one of those disney channel shows that i grew up on per se um and you're right drew like it's not like Zach and Cody or something that like jumped the shark a lot. Even even Stevens like jumped the shark a lot. But like this is a show that like it was I'm I can't remember what that Emma Roberts show is called on Unfabulous. That's a very grounded show for Nickelodeon too. And mm-hmm. I feel like they're both very comparable uh yeah. like in the sense of groundedness. That's um, fair. Both of both shows also kind of like frustrated me watching them cuz I watched both. I definitely watched like all of Lizzie McGuire as a kid. Uh, my sister was a big fan. I didn't get Disney Channel until a little later, so like the show was toward the end of its run. But I, you know, it had it was on reruns all the time. But it frustrated me because, like, horrible things happened to Lizzie like all the time in that show. Like the show, every episode is just centered around someone being completely horrible to her for no reason. Either like Kate or her brother is just like so mean, and I really felt awful for her. Like. I don't know something about like something like Drake and Josh. Like you don't feel bad for those guys. No, <laughs> they, never. They're stupid. You know they deserve it. But Lizzie is seems like a really like solid person. So like why? Yeah. why she's like uh, Job, like Bible Job. Like she's just getting dumped <laughs> on all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, I was surprised honestly when I was. Um... Because when Disney Plus came out, I was like, the first thing I'm going to do is watch all of Lizzie McGuire. And I just, like, haven't yet. Um, Which, a year later, okay. Um, But when the movie ended on Disney Plus, it, like, tried to autoplay, like, Lizzie McGuire. And I was so surprised that it was only, like, two seasons. Like, the show was only on for, like, two years. We talked about this with... um... It was last week. I think we, I mean, we kind of talked about a lot last week with DCOM or just Disney Channel in general. But um, I think Zach and Cody's only two seasons too, but they have like 30, 40 episodes per Mm -hmm. season. Yeah. Lizzie McGuire was on, it was two seasons, but it was like four years, like 0102, 03, and 04. 
Um, and it was like I was looking at when they the episodes actually dropped, and it was really randomly spaced out. It would be like yeah. every week for like two months, and then like a month gap, and then another one, and then like three months, and then like two more. Like mm-hmm. very, very, very bizarre. And one thing that really bothered me as a kid was this movie came out before the show ended, but the movie mm-hmm. is the end of the show. Like this movie is the canonical end of the show, you know, like her and Gordo sort of end up together. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but then, oh, the, wow. but then the, yeah, but then the show just sort of ended later that year with no mention of any of the movie. Yeah. And it, it killed me. <laughs> I, f- I hate like, cause like, um, it's not exactly the same thing, but like even the Simpsons movie, like when that came out, like when the season picked back up after that movie, no mention of the movie. Like, there's a lot of instances where, with that where they have like a movie about the show, and then the show comes back, and they have no mention of what you just saw. And I like, feel like, like something I, like The Simpsons, though, it's like shit happens in that show every day that they don't have to address ever again. No, I, I like mean, it, yeah, I get Lizzie it. Lizzie and Gordo kissing is like a massive plot development in the exactly. whole entire show. Well, that's the entire. I mean, it's not the entire show, but like, it is a big like will they won't they thing in that mm-hmm. show like even i who's not like i wasn't totally into lizzie mcguire i like i always liked it but it was just not mm-hmm. one of those shows that i constantly watched um even i knew that and i mm-hmm. still got that like satisfaction when i was a kid seeing this movie when they finally kiss i'm like oh my god and honestly when i was watching it i had the memory for some reason that, that they didn't kiss in this movie Mm-hmm. I totally forgot that it happened. So even me as a 23-year-old, I'm like, I'm watching it now. And I'm like, oh my god, they kissed. It's so good. Um, it's a really good payoff at the end. I don't want to mm-hmm. jump ahead. But... It's, it's a lovely little movie. It's like, they really, you know, they really went to fucking Rome. And they shot this mm-hmm. fucking thing. Like, <laughs> they, they spent, the budget was like, I think it was like, it was $17 million for this movie. I think pretty crazy. I think just about all of it went into like the six shots, composite shots that have two Hillary Duffs in them. (laughs) And which doesn't look bad. Like, yeah, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Those were, those were solid shots. And then I think the rest of the budget was auto tuning uh, Hillary Duff. Yeah. And also (laughs) like the, like paying for uh, the hotel. Yeah, and like the boss renting a bus. <laughs> What's the actress's name that plays the teacher? Um, okay, okay. She, <laughs> um, her name is I don't remember her name right it's now. It's Alex. Alex Borstein. She plays. She plays Lois and Family Guy. Yeah, it's Alex. Oh, what, Borstein. She does. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we're gonna have a phone call about that. So just prepare yourself. Yeah, which by the way, that makes her like far and away the richest person in this movie. Yeah, like, she's she's probably worth like nine figures. Well, I know she's also um I didn't know she was Lois, but I that's actually kind of blowing my mind right now. But um she's also in the Marvelous Miss Maisel on mm-hmm. Amazon and yeah, really good show really by the way. Out. And she she's, was on uh yeah. Mad TV back in the day. I do remember that. She yeah, was... she she played an extremely racist character named Miss Swan. Oh good, that was Miss Swan, wasn't it? I just yeah. oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she has some really maybe not that one, but she has some pretty good mad TV bits. Uh, she's extremely talented to the point. I mean, I I don't want to say like I'm surprised she hasn't broken out more, but I guess she doesn't really have to with mm-hmm. Family Guy. Like she's probably fine. So I'm a little surprised, but also I not. I mean, she won an Emmy for um, Mrs. For Maisel. Maisel. Yeah, she's really good in that show. Yeah, yeah, I mean, hey, I mean that's plenty, I guess. Like yeah. you. 
you get all your big bugs from Family Guy, and then you win Emmy and for Baseball. Vibe, yeah. yeah, I'm. Yeah, I mean, totally. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's she's right. and more than important than any of that, she's Principal Ungermeyer. Yeah. Of yes. of the big <laughs> high school, which takes its kids on a two week trip before they even go middle, to high school. It's a middle. Well, well, yeah, but on the trip, isn't it? but she's the principal of the high school they're about to go to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very strange setup. Like, why would they take the middle schoolers who just graduated, who are all like twenty? Yeah, instead yeah, of like uh, high school orientation, just take you to another country, and if you could survive that, you could survive high school. Like, so what's more unbelievable that she has a long lost twin in Italy or Rome, uh, or in or that they all are supposedly like 13 14 well i looked it up she's 15 she's like, like at the time the, of this movie yeah she's like the age of like a ninth grader in this oh is she, isn't is that she, so weird wait, is okay. she, her character's 15 or she's 15 like in the she's movie 15 she's in real life at this but time. like she's going into like ninth grade so like the character is like 14 15. that is that's she surprising looks actually yeah she yeah. really does she looks uh, older than me <laughs> You gotta, you gotta say though, Paolo, he'd be grooming her. Yeah, yeah. He's seventeen, yeah. and she's like fourteen max. She might be thirteen in the before movie. they said he was seventeen. I was like, this is a grown adult. Like, yeah. there's no way this isn't a grown adult. Yeah, I always, when I was a kid, I pictured him as being like a grown ass man. Mm-hmm. And now watching it, you're like, God, oh, this little dweeb. Ugh, <laughs> so skeezy. Yeah, Paolo is maybe one of my youngest um just betrayals in cinematic history like i like genuinely got so invested in yeah they're friends and they're helping each other out in rome and then like i remember as a kid genuinely being hurt by the reveal at the end like this really affected me when i was younger and that was my thing like i like i said i haven't had like a lot of experience with the show but i used to love this movie when i was a kid and it's kind of perfect as one of those um tv show movies where i feel like really anyone could watch it and probably mm-hmm. enjoy it like you don't really need the bag i mean it probably helps that you've seen the show but they don't um there's nothing in this that's confusing if you haven't seen the show like at all really like it's all perfectly like explained and played out yeah i think a lot of it is because all of the actors in the show and the movie are like archetypes you know, mm-hmm. so like you can just look at Ethan and know he's the dumb jock, or you can look at Gordo and be like, oh, he's the sweet best friend who's really the right one for her all along. Like they all just like right. look like what they are. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, and um, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm curious. Well, which I, I forgot what I was going to say. Actually, so never mind. Um, just, just a side note. Phone. I just looked it up, and um, Paulo actually was like two years older than Hillary Duff. I looked, yeah, I looked it up yeah. too. He, uh, so 16 or 17? He was, he was actually 17 when they were filming, and she was actually 15. Do you guys think that that guy did a good job? <laughs> not, <okay>. really. <laughs> not really. Not <laughs> really. <laughs> I mean, he's not like, okay, it's not like the worst I've ever seen. Like, no, he's I not, mean, like, the, he's they're horrible, all doing, but... yeah, they're all doing like TV acting. It just like looks cinematic, and oh. like, there's no complaints about that. What I was going to ask, I just remembered. Um, the friend in the show... Mm-hmm. She's not in it because she's going to Mexico City. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, well, I'm curious. They just wrote her out. I'm just curious if Drew knows like the, the reason why the actor isn't... She, like... 
Yes. Uh, the the official reason was she was electing to pursue her music career over being in this. But also, she like very not long after this, she uh, had like substance abuse problems and arrests and stuff. She she went down a bit of a dark path. La Lane is her name, I think. Right. Isn't she the AT and T girl right now? No, no. That's a that's a girl who was in like a Kyle Mooney video, which is that's the other thing that I could give you all my uh uh schizophrenic uh theories about but <laughs> but yeah no she she was just like a she was in like the la like ucb comedy scene her name is like milana something um, oh okay but yeah, yeah la lane is just like she was in bands and stuff but like none of it ever really like happened you know yeah i mean it's it's because i remember her being like a good part of the show like... i thought she was really good on on the show like she was a great best friend character because honestly like... hilduff isn't like amazing like she she's i think this is like her best she's ever done is like on lizzie mcguire um because her her like movie career as like a young adult is kind of it's tough just for the Um, listeners begs to differ and i also (laughs) want to clarify that agent cody Banks stands out from that um but but uh otherwise your point stands i think have you guys done agent cody Banks? Not yet. No, is that one you want to be on? Oh, I, I hope I put that on my list. I sent you, Kira. <laughs> probably, probably. I, I I love that movie so I've much. Unironically, watched it three times this year. Wow, <laughs> that rules. I I definitely watched it twice last year. I mean, um, just to clarify, I did not watch it uh, dry. I watched it with the pretty much it commentary. If anyone knows who they are, um, so but they their commentary for it's the best in that movie. Kind of still fucking rules. So. I watched it bone dry. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> Hold up. Yeah, I think uh, I think Hillary Duff's like acting is just more so that she's just so charismatic and like yeah. so wholesome and like yeah. if she's you... great at being the straightforward lead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like in the early 2000s they'd be like the wholesome all-american girl next door like i feel like that's a very like low-key like weird and like kind of weirdly problematic thing to say now but like yeah that's definitely how she'd be described back yeah to call i I, I, yeah you're definitely right and you're also right that to call a child that is very strange yeah (laughs) but that was how she was billed yeah well, I'm looking at her IMDb now, and I forgot that she was in the Cheaper by the Dozen movies. Yes. Yeah. And she was like a she was like one of the oldest siblings in those. Mm-hmm. She was like the oldest daughter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oldest, her and her and uh, Smallville. Yeah, that's right. Guy. Yeah. They... <laughs> it was yeah. good though because because she was one of the older kids. She was like the most um, like developed character because i know that a lot of the conversations between her and steve martin were about like college and like her like being in relationships and stuff like that yeah because so it's like really interesting she's, she's with ashton kutcher right in those movies no that's the old, no actually no that's the uh that's the i forgot there is an older sister but she doesn't, yeah she doesn't live at home so i forgot about her but yeah but in the movie i remember she's like um because i remember the scene where they're going to the new high school for the first time and uh, someone like makes fun of her, and then Smallville almost like beats him up a lot <laughs> over it. Um, <laughs> this movie's rock. I'm I'm very curious more than almost any other Z Cannon movie if that holds up or not. I guess we'll find out one day. Yeah, actually, like I follow 
an account on the podcast Instagram called, like, Do You Remember the 2000s or something? Just because, like, all their posts will, like, align with, like, everything that we like. Um, and they literally posted, um, like, a family photo of, like, the Cheaper by the Dozen family. And they were like, they don't make families like this anymore. Uh, okay. <laughs> like, okay. That was... Because I, I did like those movies a lot, but I actually think that as a kid, I preferred Yours, Mine, and Ours. I did, too. I love that movie. And, I, you know, less people saw that one, I would say, for sure. I remember seeing it in theaters, for sure. And I remember, I think, liking that movie more because it has more of, like, a Nickelodeon kind of sense of humor. Yeah, and it yeah. has fucking Drake and Miranda Cosgrove. Yeah, like, and, it's literally more Nickelodeon, you know. And it's also like Dennis Quaid is like the Zeke Hannon dad, like he is. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, uh, Renee Russo is the mom, right? Yeah, I was gonna say she's really good too. It's just that's an awesome movie, and they're all just in one. It's it's a lot like sloppier. They're not like this rich ass family that's been together the whole time, you know. I just is remember it... they're like in a lighthouse. Yeah, <laughs> Do they like live in the lighthouse. Yeah, well, yeah, oh yeah. Gosh. They live on the island. Uh, yeah. Next, yeah. Um, is they, it yeah, they live in the lighthouse from the lighthouse. It... <laughs> <laughs> Dennis quite to Drake. He likes me lobster. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Jordan from Just Jordan in that movie? Yes, he is. Yeah, I thought so. Where's that guy at? What's oh, he doing? Good question. Just Jordan's uh, a good show. That's a guy who I would I would give you like two to one odds that he's on cameo. <laughs> just Jordan. Well, he is a five seven king, as I just found out. Um, <laughs> uh, he is not on cameo, as it turns out. Just wow. looked it up. I know Kyle Massey is. Of course he is. Kyle Massey didn't he have issues recently on Twitter? Or am I making that up? I- issues on Twitter? on Twitter? What does that mean? I think well, off like, of Twitter he had issues. Well, I mean, but like the discourse came off of Twitter, I mean. Oh, possibly. Yeah. Um, not to bring down the mood. I just, yeah. I was going to say something positive about uh, K-Mass and then I, <laughs> it was like, maybe not. No, I know. Um, that's. I have a hard time saying positive things about Orlando Brown, even though he is, I think, like one of the better young actors that Disney ever had. Like he mm-hmm. was very naturalistic. He's awesome in Keeble. He rules. Mm-hmm. He was great in Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off, too. Oh, yeah. shit. Wow, what a, what a guy. But we <laughs> won't compliment him. <laughs> That's no. for sure. That's for sure. No. Um, um, so uh, how do we put this back to Leslie McGuire? I'm wondering. Uh, I'll just go with my next note. Um, <laughs> okay, first of all, the beginning of the movie, a fake-out spy movie opening scene is definitely Zillennial canon. <laughs> like nothing is more zillennial canon than like a spy movie opening that's, that's not a spy movie that's literally how max keeble starts also <laughs> is a, a, a dream sequence spy movie this this opening really makes matt look super creepy yeah i was gonna say like normalizing a surveillance state by the younger sibling is also zillennial canon like, what does he think he's going to capture in his sister's room? Like, what a what a little skeezy guy. Yeah. I don't I don't know about this kid. But then it turns out he's just being, like, super controlled by the, his, like, girlfriend character. Yeah. The, the bleach blonde girl with the bangs. You know that meme I... of, like, the, the one giant woman picking up the smaller woman to the wall? That's their <laughs> dynamic in this movie. 
<laughs> I um I was just like looking up. I don't remember what I looked up. I think I was looking up like Lizzie McGuire dad, and then in like the related search, it's like okay. okay after I say this, I have a question. Um, in the related search, it was just like a picture of her, and then like next to like her older, and then the headline was just like Lizzie McGuire star joins the army. <laughs> <laughs> of course she did. That girl. <laughs> <laughs> why does that it doesn't even remotely surprise me like not I even know. Like, a yeah. little bit no. because she's probably she be- like she things. became cadet kelly <laughs> <laughs> in real life but yeah That's do cool. you guys think that uh lizzie mcguire's dad is hot <laughs> mm. um i'll let drew take this one over first oh man i need time i think he <laughs> i need time <laughs> I I wouldn't say he does anything for me, <laughs> but I I, I, re- it, I respect it. In some scenes, he just reminded me of like '90s David Duchovny. I think his hair is doing a lot of mm-hmm. good things. I think he has really cool like '90s, early 2000s hair. Yeah, definitely. Um, he also does have like a, a rat face. <laughs> <laughs> But he can, you know, he can like major rat face. <laughs> he wasn't he in like Revenge of the Nerds or something. Yeah. Yeah, he as had, like a nerd. Keith Carradine's brother. Yeah. He he has this. If you guys Google his picture or his his name on Google Images, there's like an image a few rows down of him in a fucking cowboy hat at a bar, <laughs> and it is deeply unsettling. Like it is. Exactly, like it's exactly what the character would look like if he divorced the mom and didn't talk to Lizzie for twenty years. Yikes! Yeah. Um. So no, my answer is no. He's not hot. He's very hairy, which may make you think he's hot, but he's not hot. <laughs> well, and Kira, Lizzie McGuire. You've got to think that he's hot, though. Right? And Lizzie Mag- in in this, I was like, okay. 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 Of course, because you know it wouldn't be an episode of Z Cannon if Kira didn't out herself with some weird-looking guy. I could, you know, I'm kind of talking myself into this guy now. I'm kind of, I'm kind of <laughs> well, being won over. Well, we got to see, see how tall he is. Now. We we got to see how tall he is. I think. Yeah, you look up how tall he is. I'll report what our poll is at because uh, I put up a poll to see how people feel. Kira, he looks. I'll tell you, he looks really good in a cheese costume. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Max Keeble's dad. I I think he looks really good in the lobster, personally. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so out of 10 votes, we're at 70% hot and 30% not. And that's on Instagram. And just so you guys know, I can see who votes in our Instagram posts and how they vote. So, I know who you are. I I just found that out, like, a couple days ago, and I, like had to do some hard thinking about the polls I voted on. <laughs> I was like, wait, you could see fuck. But on Twitter, I guess we would just have a different audience on Twitter because out of 19 votes, 58% say hot and 42% say not. Um, Instagram is thirstier than Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I, and also um, I found out that, uh, the dad is six feet. So, Kira, is this the first tall person that you stepped for on the pod? Too tall. Yeah, um. I, I agree. Um, 
Well, no, actually, no, he isn't the first tall person. The first one was Shaggy. <laughs> yeah, he is pretty tall. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a great <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the... Ernie even mentioned this last week. This is like the detours of Wabam, but full length. This is all the things that I try to talk about that they end up stopping me. <laughs> and that's what Ernie said last week. He's like, I love being on the pod so I can just like go off and like not have to moderate Drew the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> but can we not, can we simp? I guess it might not be appropriate to simp a little bit for the simp himself, Adam Lamberg. Gordo. Oh, such a sweetheart. Like what a, what a sweet like performance. Like, mm-hmm. You just you just root for the kid like the entire movie. Like yeah, it's also it's a role that very easily I think could be creepy as hell. Oh yeah, but he like he does it with sincerity, which is like it just makes it work entirely. Yeah, I think he's a solid actor. I I think he's pretty good. He like this is all he does in every episode of Lizzie McGuire is like secretly has the crush on her. But the cool thing about like Gordo, even like in the movie and the show, is like even though you can tell he has a crush on Lizzie. He never does the thing where, like, he crosses the line of, like, being, like you said, like, creepy. But even, like, he is, above all else, just a friend. Like, he doesn't let his romantic feelings, like, get in the way of that. He's always just straight up a friend. Like, even when he's trying to, like, where she's, like, trying to see Paolo, like, he helps her out with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. He gets, like, he gets kicked out of fucking Italy for her. For her, just, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> like... Oh my god, like this kid's awesome. Like yeah. Gordo is like step of the year, I think. Step of a lifetime. I think that's one of the reasons why like it's just like such a successful, like wholesome show and like movie because it's like nothing ever like crosses a line really. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Like he he's a good friend. La Lane is a good friend to her in the show. Like they're they're all good pals, and it's just Kate and uh a little rat brother just ruining her <laughs> life he is it's a lot i guess it's a lot like megan on drake and josh where he is just like unforgivably evil mm-hmm. like he's so so shitty to her he sent a video of her to good morning america the video yeah. of her like ruining the graduation speech and knocking the curtain down like what a yeah. piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying because like and that's the interesting like distinction I think between um Nickelodeon and Disney Channel because I feel like uh what's the kid's the the brother's name again in this like show and movie? Like uh Matt. Matt. Like Matt is he is evil and he he is a little piece of shit, but he never like jumps the shark. Like all of it's kind of believable of something a kid could do. But in Drake and Josh, like Megan, she like she has like contacts with like Russian agencies in that show. Like, yeah, Megan is a super <laughs> genius. Like, she has this, you know, she, when they show her room that one episode, she has like a secret panel with like yeah, a million it's like, it, which makes it entirely funnier. And that show is still, I contend, kind of a comedic masterpiece of a show. But that's the thing. Like, it's weird. I mean, we were talking about it at the beginning, but like Lizzie McGuire never jumps that shark that the Nickelodeon shows or movies do. Like, they never, it never goes absurdist. Like, it's always even when Matt's at his worst, it's always like pretty believable. Like it, it's something like a little brother would do in real life. I think uh, another good thing about the show is no uh, laugh track. Yes. I, mm. We were talking about that um, last week too. Uh, and I, I think mistakenly said that the only Disney channel show without a laugh track was um, life with Derek. 
which I don't know if you ever watched Drew. Yeah, but, I did. Um, which wasn't even a Disney Channel show. It was a Canadian show that was just licensed by Disney to air. Yeah, which is uh, why it felt weird. <laughs> I, 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 Kira, wait, did, I forgot if you watched it or not. I We did it last week. And I already um, forgot what well, I was, brought up but, the fact that it's like weird and creepy um, it's, a, it's a very horny show like yeah <laughs> and that it would only come on like in the mornings that show is dangerously horny for 9 a.m like that, i it's it's approaching stepsister porn <laughs> it's literally like step like beginning of us yeah like, beginning of a step row porn yeah it's it's literally like oh it's like the beginning of step row porn but like for 30 minutes like it's that's it's like the weirdest shit yeah, um she just never gets stuck anywhere that's the only difference. <laughs> Kira just takes a step of her. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That show, that show always just was weird to me. One time, like, there was an episode where they were talking about like sexism and stuff, and I was like, I was pretty young, and my dad was like, "Is this Disney Channel?" <laughs> like she's like this is sexist this is oppressive she's talking about like a dress code or something he's like what are you watching <laughs> that's well it's because again it was a canadian tv show uh whatever their disney it's like cctv or something up there i think or ctv um and uh it's like entirely different demographics and um just shit that americans that's why they never played it at prime time here it was never because like Usually, I can talk to anybody our age about like Drake and Josh or Zach and Cody or Hannah Montana, and they know what I'm talking about. But only like one out of five times does anyone know what I'm talking about, like with Derek. Like that's never anyone's like idea of what a D- Disney Channel show is. What do we say? Yeah, is it D cost? Is that what we coined last yeah, week? D cost. That's what I was gonna say. This episode is <laughs> it's a D cost based M, <laughs> not a D com. <laughs> D cost based in. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, they literally, not to change the subject, but they, ch- <laughs> sorry, I'm just like reading something um, as um, they fucking filmed the first two episodes of the new Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, yeah. they, that's what, yeah, that's why it's such a bummer. They were shooting the thing and they wrote a bunch of it. Like there's yeah. info for a lot of episodes. Well, that's why when Drew asked if they were going to like ever bring it back, and I was like, you have to think, because they did so much of it, that you would think they would eventually try to move forward with it, but yeah, apparently like it was really like a heated division of whatever went down, um, so I don't know, truly. Yeah. Um, the first episode was supposed to involve cheating as a plot point. Um, oh, man. And... Yeah, the creator of it left. Um, like, they started filming October 2019, and then January 2020, he left. And I know Hilduff sided with the creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she wanted to push the envelope. Wait, so does it deal with Lizzie cheating on Gordo? No, well, it's I'm... interesting because I was, like, kind of, like, reading into it. And Gordo, like, is interested in, like, filmmaking and stuff, right? From yeah. what I remember. Okay, so in the new one, she is engaged to somebody who owns a restaurant. But then she's forced to leave Brooklyn and go to L.A. after she receives significant news. So Wait, is, is, that gonna... where the, is that where the show takes place, L.A.? 
the show takes place in Brooklyn. Oh, and okay. she's engaged to a guy that owns a restaurant in Manhattan. But she has to go back to L.A. because she receives significant news. And then Gordo was hired again to come back. Wait, so what's in L.A.? What am I missing? Filmmaking. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like, so she cheats on her she cheats on her mans with Gordo. Let's I just, uh, yeah, let's just like make connections here. I think maybe the mans cheated. And then she like she finds over. comfort in Gordo. That, that makes sense because to to have Lizzie McGuire cheat is like wild. Yeah, <laughs> like to yeah, do that in like, your pilot. She would never do that. Like I, I get that characters can change and evolve, but Lizzie McGuire is like the archetype for like a good, like maybe slightly problematic, but only in a way that everyone is. Yeah, yeah. That's like well, um. Do either of you like Gilmore Girls? I don't know. Have you watched Gilmore Girls? I've, I've watched an amount of it. Um, no. I've okay, like, in the revival, they straight up just make Rory, like, a different person. Like, For literally, sure. they're like, oh, she, like, has, like, a one-night stand, and she's, like, being fucking mean, and she's, like, with, like, and there were a lot of, like, there's a lot of discourse about, like, actually, she was a bad person the whole time, but then it's, like, but she was a teenager then, and it was just, like, they were making her making her they wrote her to do things that were just completely uncharacteristic and did people did people generally not like that the revival yeah did people not like that at least like her being worse i think so i think overall the revival was just kind of like a lot of it just kind of like didn't need to happen i remember it being like very hyped up like even mm-hmm. me outside of like gilmore girls twitter yeah it was uh kind of watching it from afar and uh, one of my best friends jess like she was uh extremely hyped for it she even went orlando too they had the whatever the coffee shop is called and gilmore girls mm-hmm. they had a pop-up one here in orlando for like a day. oh my god and there's like a line around the building like two times over like it was crazy yeah did you guys see the the new hsm i don't feel like i even have to ask but I, I, <laughs> um i've seen the first four or five episodes it's good. It's genuinely well made. I just, there was a point where I was watching it and maybe I shouldn't feel this way. And no offense to anyone that still watches it. That's my age. But I was kind of like, I'm really a 23 year old watching the High School Musical show right now. Huh? That's, so I just, that's, I just stopped. That's how I felt. Like I, I definitely didn't think it was bad because it was no. accomplishing a lot. Like it's updating the, you know, the format of it to be for modern young people, but it's, you know, it's for young people. It, the thing is, like, it actually made me laugh more than I expected. Like, there were some genuinely funny moments, especially in the pilot, with the whole, like, breaking down the fourth wall and, like, saying, we take place in a universe where we know the movies exist and everything. Um, yeah, the premise is super cool. It's fun. It's a really fun show. It's just, at the same time, though, you're when it goes to, like, the drama of it all, which is actually pretty decent as far as, like, teen stuff goes, you're still watching it and you're, like... Yeah, this is really teeny stuff, huh? Like, this is really not written. Like, they're they're setting up a lot of like love triangles and interconnective stuff that you already know how it's gonna get resolved. So, I just had to like kind of dip. But they also <laughs> have like a Christmas special recently. Yeah, they just put that up. Yeah, competing um, with uh, Euphoria piece by piece. <laughs> yeah, this is not season two. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Um I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> Ignore <all>. me. Um <laughs> Ignore me. 
so back to the Lizzie McGuire movie. I think, and I'm I'm gonna hold by this take throughout. I think that the best actor in this whole movie is Giorgio, the hotel assistant manager. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that guy is fucking hilarious. He's like genuinely like very. The, his first line is something that has been like burned into my head since I was a child. His delivery, where he's like, it's like we serve uh, at the uh, five. The cookies. <laughs> <laughs> when it's right after uh, the principal's been like hyping him up, like he was a general in the army and he's gonna crack down on you, motherfuckers. <laughs> we serve cookies. Also, can I say one of the best dynamics in this movie is that of uh, Ungermeyer and Gordo, which mm-hmm. Gordo, the sweetest kid in the world, just fucking taking elves left and right. Yeah. Um, it's dudes down bad. The guy, like he, he is dudes down bad. That's <laughs> a person. Texting Lizzie, like, hope things are going great with Paolo. <laughs> yeah, can you come take pics of us at the fountain? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was very like that was his dynamic in the whole show. Where, like you said, yeah. he was into filmmaking, so he was always like shooting her, taking pictures of her, and it was like that trope of like how to turn out. And he was like. You're perfect. I mean, it's perfect. Uh, <laughs> so there's the yeah, there's a lot of precedent for it. Um, but yeah, he Ungermeyer like immediately hates him. She's like, "You're a little brown nosing piece of shit, aren't you?" Like, wow. I I do admire that um, she wasn't one of those villain, well, not villains, but like she was one of those mean characters that was like fake nice around the parents, like some movie characters are. This like she was mean to the parents too. Like she's mean to everybody in this movie. That's true. Um, she wasn't which... really like a like a villain though. Like she was just like mean meant, in yeah. like a like a strict way. I feel like, but like, like there was no like just... villains really. Well, uh, Paulo. Oh yeah, duh. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. That um... was a real like frozen moment. <laughs> yes. Oh my. Yeah. That she. He's literally. Uh. <laughs> was it Hans? Is that the character? Something name? like that. Yeah. Yeah. The Lizzie McGuire movie walked so frozen could soar. Exactly. <laughs> definitely. Well, well, I I mentioned how um at a young age the Paolo reveal was definitely one of the biggest like burns to my character and just uh, my trust issues as a whole that I'm still dealing with today. I think. But I think uh, when what's the alternative lizzie what's her name again um, isabella isabella mm-hmm. um when she says sing to me paulo <laughs> that's one of the best moments in cinema history i think literally like, queen that whole song like you know this is jumping ahead but that song rocks <laughs> like, that's, hey, yeah. hey now hey that's now. an unbelievably catchy song it really that, genuinely is i feel like that song was on the radio for like ever after that movie, right? Or am I just making that up? Because like I feel like I've heard it like a billion times in my life, even outside it. this movie. Yeah, because she had, you know, she had her moment right around now, like when this came out, where she she had like "So Yesterday" and a couple yeah. other songs that are in this movie. Which, by the way, the songs with her are the only good songs in the movie. All the other songs are like awful. Did you guys notice that? They're yeah. like not terrible i feel like it's more so like of the time in that it's like weird like 
what kids would think is punk music covers of like <laughs> classics like kind of how in like freaky friday like they have covers of um is it what a wonderful world <laughs> and like a bunch of other songs Don't like wanna grow up I, get out. I mean that's a classic in itself that's not a cover of a classic but <laughs> that, that song rules um but yeah the, like when she's hanging out with paulo there's this like it's like a fake enrique iglesias song is what it mm-hmm. sounds like yeah um and i was like what is that <laughs> like what who am i listening to right now these disney movies like these early 2000s disney movies and holes is exempt for this holes does not count in this statement but whole like these movies always have a very weird soundtrack choices like they have like one or two good choices and then they have these almost like stock music like choices that yeah it's just no like... one listens to no one can identify with and yet they still sell the cds in stores <laughs> like buy the original motion picture soundtrack now like... yeah i was just on the Wayback machine on the bottom of the lizzie mcguire movie wikipedia page they have a uh, link to the soundtrack page on walt disney records um on the Wayback machine mm-hmm. um and this is <laughs> january 2008 like the page was still up and it is um wild (laughs) it's like the most ridiculous uh like website design of all time um there's a Haley duff song on it obviously (laughs) it's like all like ridiculous like it's like jump five like vitamin c and then it's like dean martin (laughs) (laughs) classic (laughs) that rules the um the trivia section on imdb for this movie is wild um i don't know if you guys looked at that but you mentioned Haley duff she does the singing for isabella oh okay yeah so that it's not like identical voices that's kind of cool yeah i you know i i would not feel great about that if i were Haley duff (laughs) (laughs) at the time but she got to be in napoleon dynamite so i was gonna say i just uh wait who was she in napoleon dynamite was she the main girl she was summer yeah the the cheerleader right oh i haven't seen that i keep like having the urge to rewatch that movie because i know it's like that's not like a z canon where i mean it is but like it's not like the usual z canon where i have to question whether or not it's good i know it's good but I want to know how good it is because I haven't that, seen it in like years. It, I'm I'm very biased regarding that movie because it like I I wasn't allowed to watch adult things until I was like probably like approaching middle school, right. and but this was rated like PG so I could see it. Same. And it, yeah. And but how many movies with that sensibility are for kids? You know, that's the first like very uncomfortable. You would you I, you know you want to call it a cringe comedy, but I feel like that term is almost not fair. Because it's just like a very like grounded movie, like mm-hmm. there's so much silence in it and so many like like very like empty shots and a lot of like loneliness, a lot um, of very yeah. innocent situational humor in it. That it's kind of like weirdly wholesome and sad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's one of my favorite movies of all time because I had never felt like seen before, like actually, like I had never watched something and be like, oh, I feel like that. Like, cause in movies, everyone always knows what to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I was like, oh, ma- no one knows what to do with this movie. It makes me sad because, um, I mean, I love Nacho Libre, like genuinely, I think that movie's genuinely fucking funny, but like, there's not anything else he's done that has ever, 
uh, Jared Hess, that is, um, that has ever really lived up to it. I mean, granted, I haven't seen Masterminds, but I'm going to go ahead and assume it's not on the level of the Yeah, Dynamite. you don't. Yeah, you don't have to You've seen check it? that one out. Um, I, I started it. I just didn't even finish it. It's it's just a whole different style. You know, he went and had to go make big studio comedies. Um, I know my he, mom watched it. That's not what he's it. good at. My mom watched it and she said, that that was a pretty good movie. That You should watch <laughs> it. And I was like, I will one day. And I just haven't. So no, um, he should, I wish he had gone more like, because if you rewatch Employee Dynamite, uh, you notice that it has a lot of Wes Anderson uh, influence. Extremely, like, yeah. And it's particularly, it's very similar to Bottle Rocket in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, definitely earlier Wes. Than yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. so similar to Bottle Rocket. Like, he watched Bottle Rocket, and then he was like, I'm going to make a movie, and then he made Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> but, like, you know, after that, he didn't keep the, you know, the auteurist type thing. He just went off and, like, made a bunch of money, which I can't blame him for. Well, I'd probably do that, too. That's what I liked about Nacho Libre. And I guess at the time I didn't, I don't know if I knew as a kid that it was the same like person that made it. I don't know if that was like advertised in the trailers or whatever, but um, I remember that being a Nickelodeon movie. And from what I remember, at least that like, it keeps up with that aesthetic a little bit, at least like it sounds like the same kind of situational humor. It's also pretty innocent, also PG. And also like Jack Black is way more heightened than uh, uh, I forgot the actor. John Heater. Yeah, who's genuinely funny in everything he's in, but he's just not—he's not in anything anymore. Yeah, like, um, well, yeah, it's just like kind of like, what do you do with this guy? Like, he looks—he doesn't necessarily look like he should be in a movie. Well, I would <laughs> contend like uh, the Vince Warmers, which came out the same year, if I'm not mistaken. No, two years later. My bad. Yeah. Um, not a good movie, but he's funny in it. Like, he's genuinely like he—he he gives a good comedic performance. Um, yeah, that's fair. He um, Nacho Libre. Like I, I loved it. Like I went to see it for my birthday because I knew it was by the Napoleon Dynamite guy, um, and I brought a bunch of friends and I loved it. But I think the biggest difference is it's like fast paced. Like it's like a ninety minute movie, and it doesn't yes. feel like Napoleon Dynamite feels so slow and like like real because there's oh, just yeah. so much quiet in it. I but there's scenes in Nacho Libre that feel like they're going for that, which makes me wonder if Nickelodeon and uh, was did no the Paramount do Napoleon Dynamite. I can't remember. Um, but they, M- MTV, I think, was it, worked with Paramount, had to be. right? And yeah, they yes, picked it up, but they didn't. I don't think that they produced it necessarily. I think they just had bought the rights. So okay, yeah. So like, I'm guessing they probably like in post were like, yeah, you need to edit this a little bit tighter because like kids aren't gonna. We gotta sell this to kids, and kids aren't gonna vibe with this. Like, yeah. Well, it's like the it. difference between. This is all great Lizzie McGuire content, by the way. Um, it's like every pod we do. We just go on. <laughs> okay, good. I'm just making sure I'm not fucking it up. But it, it's like, you know, the, the scene at the, the post credit scene in Napoleon Dynamite was made like post success. Like it was made post MTV picking Wait, it up. Wait, what was that, the post credit scene again? It's Kip it and LaFonda getting married. And it yeah. feels different from the movie because it has like a budget to it. And it like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's snappier. I don't and even it remember lo- that. It's, it's better shot. And it's like, that's cool and all, but that's not why I like the Doesn't he like ride up on a horse or something? Yeah, yeah. And then they like perform a song or something like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah Kip does a whole song. Yeah. Now I'm wondering if I even watched this as a kid. I don't even know if I saw the I, I bet you can find it's still pretty funny. I bet you can find it on YouTube. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to, after this discussion, I think it moved way higher on my watch list now. So I'll probably <laughs> watch it before Christmas. But um, yeah, I that's genuinely a movie that I 
I think I saw it in theaters actually. Um, cause my mom, cause I think my mom had a friend, like she used to write for the Orlando Sentinel. And so she Sick. went to like those press rings a lot and she would always tell my mom like what to take me to or whatever. And, um, she said, you know what? Napoleon Dynamite's a pretty innocent movie and pretty funny. And so she took me to see it in theaters and my mom hated it. Like she thought it was like so <laughs> stupid. Um, <laughs> my mom's very sweet, but she's also like extremely like. You know, she doesn't like anything outside of like the realm of like a normal movie. She doesn't really appreciate. Yeah, I mean that's fair. If you go to movies for one thing, you can't expect to like something totally different. I, I watched sure. it in uh, I watched it in theaters with a friend and his family, mm-hmm. and uh, I I remember because we got like an extra large popcorn and I spilled the whole thing right when the movie started. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, the canon, I think. It's just Yeah, I was just going to say that's millennial canon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then, and then when I saw Nacho Libre with all my friends for my birthday, this lady in the middle of the movie got up and yelled at us because she thought we were kicking her seat, but I was sitting right behind her and I was not kicking her seat because I was a good boy. <laughs> and I was like... I remember playing it off like oh, this this lady, huh? What a weirdo. But like in my mind I was like, I, I swear I'm sorry, I didn't do anything. <laughs> uh I mean Kira, have you ever like spilt anything in a movie theater? Like as a kid at least, like I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like I think a real coming of age moment was watching Perks of Being a Wallflower and getting so excited to be seeing it. Um yeah. that I just flipped my tray of nachos onto the floor by accident. <laughs> um <laughs> just out of excitement yeah that's a that's a big that's a big zillennial moment i can't remember if i've ever like spilt like popcorn i actually don't think i have as a kid because i always was i don't think my mom ever let me hold it in the first place like, <laughs> like she, she just like hold it and she's like here you can just take from it like the entire yeah. movie it's probably a but, smart move but when i was like third whenever like the not the newest pirates movie but the one after world's end with uh i don't even remember who was in it or what it was about or what it was called but like it was like 2010 or something when it came out and it was like the first one that was in 3d i remember like i don't know how this happened but i was like scooping nachos and i like flung the cheese up and it went on my glasses as the movie was starting and I was like trying to clean them, and then the screen's just like fucking blurry the entire time. <laughs> and then I go out to the lobby, and I'm like, "Do you have any extra 3D glasses? Because like I got cheese on them." <laughs> and then they're like, "And they're like, no, we don't have any more glasses." I'm like, "You don't have any what? glasses?" And they're like, "No, sorry." As she's like standing next to a box of glasses, and I'm like, "Okay." They, they probably, probably thought you were, were pulling a con. Yeah. I, I don't know what their their loss was for one pair of glasses, but I went back into the theater and asked my mom, I'm like, can I have your glasses? And she's like, no, like, get your own glasses. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I missed like 40 minutes of that movie with the glasses discourse just to watch the rest either with cheese stain or when I eventually took them off, blurry 3D. <laughs> <laughs> that rocks. <laughs> That's e-canon. Are things even released in real D3D anymore? Like, I mean, obviously not right now, but, like, are they? Um, I'm trying to... Let me go into my 3D tag on Letterboxd. That's always useful. Um, I feel like I almost I- accidentally saw a new Star Wars movie in 3D, but I don't think it was the last one. I saw The Force Awakens in 3D just because it was the only showing that wasn't sold out when I went. Um, I never, like, intentionally 
go see something in 3D. Yeah, back when Movie Pass was happening, I accidentally got a couple 3D tickets. Um, yeah, you know, it's just like you're spoiled on there. You're just like, yeah, whatever, I'll watch anything. Yeah. Um, the last movie I saw in 3D was Thor Ragnarok. With uh, interesting, but I saw it at a uh, screening. Um, and I know sometimes they just did that for no fucking reason. Like they just was like, okay, let's do it in 3D. And yeah. I remember I went with friend of the pod, Joey, uh, and he literally took his glasses off in the last 20 minutes. And he looked at me and said, it's the fucking same. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think, I mean, I'm, I know it's like a thing, but it's not like no one cares anymore. The gimmick's yeah. over. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that the the way for 3D to just continue being in theaters is like they would have to make it so that you can wear it without the glasses and like mm-hmm. it would just well, look what, normal. That's what James Cameron's talking about, right? With Avatar 2. Oh, really? Yeah, that that would be the way to do it. I'll see yeah. that in 3D. Yeah, the... I I would trust him with it. That well, I I saw um I, I wasn't counting this on my letterbox tag because I was trying to think of exclusively real D three D. But the last movie I saw in three D period was Alita and um, Dolby Digital three D oh, in, nice. in the Dolby Atmos theater, which I will. And that's James Cameron produces. Why I'm bringing it up. Um, that movie has some insane three D, like genuinely, like really cool. Like, cause it opens in a scrapyard, and there's like literally like scraps like fucking poking out at you, and it's really cool. I um, think I saw that in three D as well, actually. And I, yeah, I, it didn't take anything away. Like that movie's all about like the spectacle of it, anyway. Well, it has to either be like an animated movie or like a very heavily CGI movie. Like that movie's like, yeah, that movie's pretty much animated. Th- that's what I'm saying. Like it has to be like so uh, CGI to the point of where it's basically an animated movie. Yeah. Um, otherwise, like it just takes away. Like I remember seeing um, Hugo in 3D, like the Martin Scorsese joint, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is just not a 3D movie. No, that one wouldn't go. No, it's it's just oh, yeah, so real D three D they are still releasing movies and the Crude's New Age, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, Monster Hunter, and this is definitely not up to date because Raya and the Last Dragon is streaming, right? It's not well, theatrical. It's, it's doing both. Like oh, HBO okay. is. Well, they're both uh I remember yeah. seeing the poltergeist remake in three D. And it was just for no fucking reason. Like it was just <laughs> literally nothing. Like I, I remember getting pissed off at it too. I'm like, why? Like this is actually not a terrible movie, but why am I doing this right now? Did you guys uh, watch a Lizzie McGuire movie in 3D? I did actually. <laughs> it was it was much like um, the Spy Kid or the Sharkboy and Lava Girl. You could get either your Gordo glasses or your. Lizzie yeah. McGuire glasses. <laughs> I uh, I didn't watch it in real D three D. I actually watched it in four DX. Um, yeah, me so, too. You can smell Rome. Meaning like, yeah, meaning like during certain they parts shoot the, uh... during certain parts of the movie, my computer started overheating. So when they were on the uh, scooter, it was like <laughs> it really felt like I was on a scooter. That's smart. Yeah, yeah, and it also sort of imitates like Paolo's hot breath as he grooms you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it made the experience a lot better. Yeah, I'm not not necessarily better, but maybe a little bit more like immersive. 
Like you could really tell what the what the filmmaker was going for, which another thing about what the filmmaker was going for, I was looking through just like the Lizzie McGuire like general Wikipedia page and the showrunner's biggest influence was Run Lola Run for the visual style of it. Of the show or the movie? Of the show. Like that's <laughs> how he like wanted the sh- <laughs> It's so weird to me. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, of all bro. the things. Of all the things. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> like, what do you mean? He's just, like, all right, Lizzie, you're going to have uh, bright red hair. <laughs> That's like when I'm Marvel. fucking fast-paced, like. Yeah, and uh, here's a pistol. Yeah. It's like when the Marvel movies are like, um. I remember the Russos said, yeah, the Winter Soldier is heavily influenced by all the President's men. I'm like, what? Oh what my are you God. talking about? When, it's not. Like, not even a little bit. Like, when, like, Joker guy... Um... <laughs> Joker guy? <laughs> that, yeah, he doesn't deserve being named. I was about to say Todd Haynes, but in my head I was like, that's absolutely not right. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna make me do the Joker laugh. <laughs> <laughs> before the movie came out he was like yeah it's like really influenced by like Chantal Ackerman's news from home and it's like why because it takes place in New York City in the 70s like no, no. other reason like- I, think that, I think that whenever they most of the time whenever they say this that really just means that they had like most of the key set watch that movie together like you know they screened it for them and then they were like alright so do that and then the you know yeah. like the DP's like all right bro like sure sure well <laughs> like do news run, from Lola home run. news from home is literally just like long takes of just like New York City like scenery and like the streets so like I feel like it, like okay like there are so many seventies movies in New York like it was definitely just a way for him to like sound like he was making like art like yeah, definitely yeah. like. Him him talking about Joker is a lot worse than Joker. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's no, like I, the I worst like Joker. Co- <laughs> it's fucking I, I didn't dislike it. It but like him talking about it is like the worst content in the world. He is so obsessed with being an underdog I, for I making really, a Joker movie. I genuinely wish like an insult directed it over like a dude bro, like Todd <laughs> Like I sincerely wish that that was the case what like I charlie kaufman then yeah oh dude fucking charlie kaufman joker movie <laughs> i'm thinking zach of anything of literally is joker zach of back to back is listening to this right now just screaming charlie kaufman <laughs> is his favorite <laughs> i'm thinking of ending things is female joker until it isn't if no spoilers it, i haven't if, watched it if you, i i dare you to tweet that adam that's an insane thing to until say. it isn't is the funniest part of that and i haven't even seen it i'll do it right until now. the second frame when it isn't <laughs> i'll do it right now I'm, I'm holding you guys to it i better get traction on this tweet so yeah. what kind of what kind of film <laughs> guy do you guys think that gordo would have grown up to be Oh man, I. Like, I think he would have been like like a like a soft like Noah Baumbach, like Charlie. Yeah, Hoffman. in like in film school, it's yeah. a lot easier to track. Like he, yeah, he's really like that. Like he, I, I think he loves the Before trilogy. Mm-hmm. He has like Greta Absolutely. Gerwig shirt, you know, that just says Greta Gerwig on it. He's an A twenty four guy. 
Yeah. He owns A24 merch, yeah. But he also, like, he expands his film taste past that. Like, yeah. he, he he's very, like, sensitive, and he's very, like, romantic. Yeah, he definitely likes, like, French cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, I but think... not in a way of, like, going up to somebody and being like, do you know this movie? You should watch this movie. Like, in a way of, like, he's just very, like, respectful and nice. And maybe that's just me projecting onto Gordo because he's, like, a nice person. <laughs> no, I I think he's, like, he's one of those dudes who, like he's so eager to talk to you about it because he loves it and but then like some people would be like god that's so pretentious that he he like wants to talk about that shit but he really just likes it like he just wants mm-hmm. to you know empathize over it or sympathize over it i think as a filmmaker i don't know what kind of movies do you think he would make i just want to say before we go further into this i typed that tweet and i'm just staring at it and i hate myself just hit sound. <laughs> did i say female joker I think so. Isn't that a banned word on Twitter now? I can't say female anymore. Is yeah, you have to, yeah, because that also but I can't implies say that woman like Joker. That implies that like Lady Jessie Joker Buckley is the Joker. It's Lady jo- I like that. Okay, yeah, Lady Joker is Lady Joker until okay, Lady I'll... Joker sounds I just, like it's like a. I tweeted it. It's done. I'm gonna try it off my phone now. I'm not gonna. All right, Kira, let's not I'm like a... that tweet. I'm not dealing <laughs> yeah, with repercussions. I'm no one by the time I get on Twitter later, I'm gonna forget that it ever happened. Yeah, I mean, Adam, I'm just gonna respond like, What the fuck? What does this like, mean, Adam? Yeah, this is this is messed up, man. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my one like that validates it within the first minute. All right, I'll listen, I'll give you one. <laughs> Thank you, as neither of us reach for our phones. <laughs> oh, okay, boy. I'm actually turning up my phone now i'm not dealing with this right now no yeah but what kind of films do you think adam what kind of films do you think Bardo would make i'm gonna try to actually think of a film that has like come out in the past like few years that i could imagine like gordo directing or we could like place it for like when he would have been starting to make movies so like 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 late 2000s i guess like he's done with like usc film school so he's got connections well, actually, because like he starts middle school canonically. Oh, God, yeah, they're in fucking in, middle school. Yeah. So like he's done with high school 2007, and then he's out of college by let's say 2011. Yeah, yeah, but he might get his master's even. So I guess it would be like yeah, like no, Gordo's the type to go on a job. He he has like. Uh, I feel like he's very like scrappy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's definitely the Lewin Davis of the group. He's yeah. taking like DP gigs on the side, even though he doesn't have to. He just wants yeah. to be on IMDb. You know, he's definitely had like a shitty lighting or a best boy gig like once or definitely. twice. And he comes does... home all defeated because he only made 200 bucks and he can't cover rent. So does he direct Drive? No, I, I feel <laughs> like he's not. I don't think he's a he's drive. He's too soft though. for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I feel like if he, he watched it and he was like, wow, what a movie. Um, so wait, okay, so I'm we're like going, looking like, through 2011 you know, films. Let's, yeah, but let's, let's like, broaden like 2011, 2012. Let's assume he had like a year buffer. Like maybe, maybe he's like a um, because the Descendants came out that year. But that's too like maybe I feel like Alexander Payne is too like seasoned at that point. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, I, I'm trying to think of like an amateur director. Oh, not amateur, but like no, yeah, amateur, like an amateur director. Like, Does he make like? Is he inspired by Wes Anderson? 
maybe he likes Wes Anderson, but he doesn't want to like. He doesn't want to be too a, yeah. obvious. Yeah, that's he doesn't. Yeah, he he likes him, but he's like, yeah, but it's like a little too much about the aesthetic with that guy. I just googled 2011 indie movies, and only three came up. It was the best exotic marital yeah. hotel. Yeah, indie movies came up. Yes, Immortals and the fucking Green Hornet with Seth Rogen. <laughs> so favorite, that's Indian my favorite indie film. Favorite uh, indie, that's my favorite A twenty four movie. <laughs> No, you know who he is? You know who he is? Who? Mike Mills. Beginners? Yes. Mm. Okay, I mean, yeah. You know what? The more you... The more his vibe. He is Mike Mills, even though Mike Mills is... Mike Mills is 54. Mike Mills yeah. is a narrative director, but he has a very documentarian kind of style to him, like Gordo does. So huh. that checks out, I think. Beginners. Right? Yeah. And he all he all oh okay wait he also is like he's very clear like a male director but he has a very uh, like he always has like an eye for his women characters like mm-hmm. especially 20th century women like obviously but like no 20th century women is a movie gordo would direct exactly it like, literally 100%. like the kid in it like reminds me of gordo like visually he does he has he I feel like that kid's not taking L's as much as Gordo does, but <laughs> it's uh... the women around him raise him, just like Lizzie <laughs> raised Gordo. <laughs> <laughs> Poor I, Gordo. This is it. I mean, that's it. You you didn't care about that. Yeah, I think this is it. Yeah, I cracked the code. It all checks out. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I. <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> I I feel like someone appreciates it. I feel like someone. I believe that. <laughs> At least two people are listening right no, now. No, I think I think this is good analysis. It really. I've never is, heard yeah. this analysis anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> what movies does Gordo make? <laughs> but let's say let's say because he's just in middle school and you can change a lot after middle school. So let's say mm-hmm. he becomes like a 4chan guy he gets oh, like no. you know after oh, kissing no. him lizzie ends up being like hey i listen uh because i got famous and everything like i'm just drowning in it and you're you're just this little dude man i'm sorry and then he goes full like internet guy then does he make joker <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah i was gonna say i think that with that trajectory i do think he directs joker or at the very least, he becomes like no, he'll late, become like fedora redditor. Yeah, he'll become like a Kevin Smith super fan. Yeah, yeah. And well, wait, be like, he... I can make something like Clerks with all my friends, and like, <laughs> not really make anything. Well, what if he doesn't even have a film career after that? What if he is equivalent to the YMS of YouTube, like, or, oh, uh, like those uh, analysis bros? I could see him becoming like Chris Stuckman. Chris, I like Chris Tuckman's not that bad. Like, I no, he's like, not. That's what I'm saying. Like, I could see Gordo. Like, but if, but I'm saying, if this is the scenario where Gordo goes down the dark path, like, yeah, then they, then that's not Stuckman. Yeah, he could become like a toxic film guy. Yeah, no, I'm. That's why I, was, I brought up why Cinema Sense is Gordo. Cinema Sense. Yeah. Oh my God, he really would be. If okay, Dark Gordo is Cinema Sense. Like he would. <laughs> good Gordo. Good Gordo is Mike Mills. That's best no, case. No, scenario. good Gordo is Cinema Wins. <laughs> Inside every man lies two Gordos. 
instead of a Wids Gordo, instead of a Sens Gordo. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> I'm learning a lot about life. Yeah. <laughs> Underneath this is a Peter Griffin meme that says, this says a lot about our society. <laughs> <laughs> what the crap, Lois? <laughs> And that connects back to the Lizzie McGuire yeah. movie. So, uh, I, I actually, while, while watching this, I took a lot of notes, but they're all, like, really not, like, helpful in any way towards starting a discourse, because they're That's all just okay. really stupid. Um, but one thing I did write is that uh, Ungermeyer and Sergey, the bodyguard, they be having some weird sex. Yeah. They have eye sex. Like, they, they just stare each other down. But, like, just imagine, like, once... Because, like, when they're in the elevator together, it's, like, exploding with tension. I feel like that's yeah. definitely Zillennial canon. Just, like, a short, strong woman that, like, proves herself. And then, like, there's, like, weird tension between her and, like, mm-hmm. the random big, strong well, guy. Yeah, also, like, just two uh, random side characters ending up in a romance. Because that... Re- it reminded me a lot of Parent Trap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's very much it's like, so. Yeah, it's two characters who you wouldn't imagine being with anyone ever. <laughs> and then they just end up together because there's no one else they could be also with. Also, in the in the parent trap, Chessie and Martin are definitely both gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's that's actually true. Yeah. <laughs> um, or at I, the very I'll... least, she's she could just be pegging him. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or that, yeah. Me and Kira she's talked just about mask. Um, how Paul Thomas Anderson I've, dude, I, these are conversations that <laughs> I've right, only been able to. Don't go too we're on a podcast. This, I will censor this podcast. No, no, don't. These are, these no. are discussions I've only been able to have, like, very brief. Uh, like, I just, I bring it up on the pod and everyone's like, yeah, okay. And then we, they move on. I, <laughs> I, I'm not trying to be vulgar in any way, but I think that a lot of directors who are with, like, higher profile uh, spouses I think they like to watch because their whole thing is liking to watch. They like to be in control and like see the whole scene <laughs> as it unfolds. Like, I think this is a, like a very valid theory, and it's not. I mean, I'm not very, shaming like, anyone. Like psychology based theory. Yeah, like they Definitely. don't like being in the action. They like yeah. they like controlling Phantom the action. Phantom yeah. Thread is literally shaking you by the shoulders and telling you, "I love to be pegged." Like that's what that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm gonna like, take that clip out of context i was gonna just say just that too forever. i was just gonna say yeah <laughs> this is this is one of my my theories i brought up on the pod <laughs> i feel I like think... if we oh sorry i was gonna say if i think if we had fans there would be so many out of context clips there would be an entire instagram or twitter out of context z canon I'll just, just start a Twitter account, and then, like, if we end up getting fans, I'll just pass on the tw- uh, the password to anyone who wants it. If, I, if, yeah, I kind of hope that my, like, We Bought a Mic never takes off, because there are a lot of clips that would get me, like, just, like, film canceled for my film takes. Like, like they, they yelled at me in the last episode, because I watched most of Mank on 1.25 times speed on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Although your tweet wasn't wrong. Was that in the Twitter or the group chat? But I, I letterbox reviewed it and I said that. Oh, so neither. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when I read it, I was like, how could you say something that's so like so brave or well, what's that Eric Andre meme? 
yeah how could you say something that's so controversial yet so brave so true yeah like it's it's true it's objectively true (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know you can't say those things if Um, i thought i wouldn't say this I mean, you already went off on Max Keeble doing 9-11. There's no reason to stop now. Like, we're, we're already going... We're going all out on this up. I think I... Yeah. I also think I could genuinely get in trouble for this Stallone theory, which, for for your pod's sake, I will not get into detail about that one, because that is a very vulgar theory. I um, genuinely think that theory is, like, high art. Like, I think <laughs> that theory is, like, equivalent to, well, like, finding it, Francis What is it addressing? It I'll is, go into detail, but what it is, is it addressing? So it's it's almost not a theory because I've collected a ton of evidence and like interview. I've talked to people who have firsthand experience with this. That it's about a very uh, particular fetish that Sly Stallone has. Okay. And the repercussions of it in various hotels nationwide. Okay. You <laughs> don't have to go into detail. No, I, I really. I'm not gonna. But yeah. Um, <laughs> String so anyway, will damn if you do one details. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out what to do with it, like a Twitter thread or something. I don't know. I want it to go viral because I think it is very funny. And also Sly is apparently like not a great guy, so I wouldn't feel bad about it. We're just going to really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks, guys. Hey friends, do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts advocating for the immediate production of a third national treasure, to comfy sweatshirts that serve as a call to arms for all those in support of making Judy Greer America's lead. Speaking from my own experience, my Superyaki t-shirts and sweatshirts are my favorite and comfiest things in my closet. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors, like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Superyaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Superyaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. As a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with the code SUPERFRIEND. That's one word, SUPERFRIEND, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. That's super y-a-k-i dot com let's watch more movies guys um but anyway like like i was saying my notes about this are really stupid so one of my notes just says ethan rocks <laughs> that's the jock right yeah i just i yeah, like he's him great he just he's likes great p- because he's not like mean like he just like is vibing he reminds me of um like Brecken Meyer's character in Clueless. He looks like him. He has that big honking beezer. Yeah. The big old nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I just understood time? what you were talking about. Can you say it one more time? I just want it one more time. A uh, clean take. Yeah. Big honking beezer. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's, all, that's all your honor. I'm done. <laughs> 
One of my notes just says, why not take a crazy chance, comma, why not do a crazy dance, question mark. That's a good one. <laughs> that's That chorus just makes me laugh a lot, because that's what's, like, really crazy to Lizzie, is, like, doing a crazy little dance. <laughs> like, whoa. Every day I wake up and I do my little crazy dance. <laughs> <laughs> no, every day I wake up, I take my silly little chance and I do my little crazy dance. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm going to draft that tweet on our Twitter. <laughs> Just make the meme and post it. Time to take my crazy little chance again. <laughs> Do my crazy little dance again. Uh, yeah, that's oh just a great chorus. Um another okay so the whole like makeover sequence that that just plays into the whole like like girl fantasy thing of this. Mm-hmm. Um but one question that I had about it was, how is she not fooling this fashion designer lady? Or how is she fooling her? Right. Because she is so clearly not Isabella. Yeah, she doesn't even have like an accent in any way, shape, or form. She's just like an entirely different person. Also, like, there's no way to, like, this is such a weird, like, in-depth thing. Um and they obviously would not bring this up in, like, a kid's movie because it would be, like, extremely, like, harmful to, like, talk about, like, kids' body sizes and stuff. Um, but, like, they're definitely not, like, the same, like, measurements. <laughs> like, they're yeah, just, like, fair. they just have the same face. Like, if she's, like, a stylist, like, there's no way they're, like, the same, like, height and the same, like, waist size and, like, shoe size and stuff. Like, if she's her stylist and is like which this is just nitpicking this is just me being like bad gordo cinemasins like but <laughs> like yeah that definitely like runway scenes and going to a stylist is uh zillennial canon definitely definitely that's a huge like in its play for comedic effect when they're like ooh, ah, like they're all like reacting to the bad dresses and stuff like mm-hmm. that's definitely z canon yeah, just how, like, every single pick until the final one is, like, wildly wrong. Yes. <laughs> like, they're, like, that's... blowing up, like, air in her dress and shit. That's the height of humor in the early 2000s, I think. Like, that... I don't even know if that trope still exists anymore. That's just strictly early 2000s cinema. Yeah, it's... it's. Have you guys seen They Came Together? Yes. The I think so. Um, yeah. I... I've watched that like a hundred times, but it's, it's done really well in that movie where there's like the makeover scene, but like, like all the different outfits before the right one, it's like a, like literally a knight's armor and like a tennis costume (laughs) and like a chimney sweep. I, I remember you telling, uh, I remember, I can't remember if it was at a party or if we were recording together one day, but you were mentioning how, like, if you show that to the right person, it can go incredibly well. But if you show that to the wrong person, they'll like never talk to you again. And I did end up showing it to the wrong person one time. Oh. Like I showed it to like a, like a room of people that I thought would vibe with it. And they did not. Like it went terribly. We That's didn't even finish beat. the movie. Like it was oh. bad. We got to the scene where um, I think uh, someone like took a shit in the bathroom or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like uh, Christopher Maloney or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he, um, he, he's so good so good and that entire scene and then like people were just like not laughing at it and i'm just like oh god you guys just don't get it like it's it's not gonna work out if if they don't yeah if they're not my, into that that was my joker moment it's like just gonna <laughs> say they wouldn't get it <laughs> you think this is funny 
I do, and I'm tired of pretending it's not. <laughs> uh, um, I think another. I think the best thing that uh, the Paolo actor does in this whole movie is his singing when he's like actually singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Th- that's like the most quotable part of the whole movie is just being like, "This is what dreams." <laughs> the funniest thing is because I watch everything with the captions on. It's like, and I know this screenshot specifically was a meme, but it was like, "Sings badly." This is what dreams are made of, and he's like, <laughs> like when he's singing badly, it literally says like, "Sings yeah. badly." The the moment that they first cut off, like jack up his real mic. Is during the oh oh oh, and he's like oh oh oh. <laughs> it's the worst you could ever do. Paolo, is that you? <laughs> I have a lot of practice doing that. Uh-huh. Yeah, he um okay. Like I know we said he wasn't great at the beginning, but like some of his like, if his idea was to go for like the mysterious cute boy, but he's secretly a scumbag, then he did a good job. Like, if that was the goal. Um, but I'm also pretty much convinced that he just read lines off a script. Like, that he I mean, didn't yeah. really commit to anything. But <laughs> it's whatever. It's a Liz McGuire movie. So, like, you said that um, the show, I mean, this movie is canonically the ending. Because the, uh, the finale of the show, does that even take, does that still take place in middle school? Like, Yeah, it's still in middle school. So... Th- <laughs> then this bothers me. Like it that bugs me. Exactly. It's very frustrating. Also, something I found out from the trivia section was there was going to be a high school Lizzie McGuire show. There was going to be a sequel show. And uh they they broke down in negotiations with Hillary Duff. Like Hillary Duff's mom just wanted more money, and so it just didn't happen. Oh. So like it was the mom primarily that was holding it up? Um, I think so. I think she, yeah, like she was quoted as saying a really sassy thing. Like they thought we would just agree to any contract, but no, not for my daughter. Another thing too, is that, um, the showrunner is really protective over like the creative, uh, like vision of it. And like, yeah, I said that he was like, oh, it's influenced by run Lola run. But like, literally like we saw that he just like walked off because they wouldn't let him do what he wanted, which really valid in, the reboot um but i think that was another um like factor in an ending too and like the mm. high school one not yeah wait who who's the showrunner uh, um <laughs> sorry i didn't sorry. mean to throw you up <laughs> i had it <laughs> open and then I, uh, and then what, I, isn't, what it? I thought it was, um, the after Terry, Terry definitely a woman. Oh yeah. Hold on. <laughs> so I, no, I just want, wait. yeah. Okay. Terry yeah. Minsky. Yeah, I just wanted she, to clarify uh, it. Cause I was like, yeah. I, cause I mentioned something before the pod that I don't know if I should mention on the pod, but that's why I was asking Yeah. Uh, to clarify that. Okay. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I, I mean, I actually kind of, like, read into it a little bit, like, her entire, like, I, I didn't get to the, so far as to the Run Lola Run influence, but her, like, ideas for the show and, like, what, the, like, the reasons why she wanted to create, like, the character Lizzie McGuire, I always thought was just so nice. Like, even before I watched the movie, I read into it, like, 
I was like gathered that from the show. Like it's just a genuinely wholesome person that mm-hmm. in the height of the early two thousands, like you know, like with the rise of like Family Guy and shit, like the humor is getting so much more crude. Like even outside of those networks, like on Disney Channel, even like Zach and Cody, good show, good boys, but crude humor at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lizzie McGuire was never crude, so it's honestly like really nice that she got to do it for two seasons and a movie. Hashtag two seasons and a movie. movie. <laughs> and a failed revival. We should start like a like a real like revolution to get this Lizzie McGuire show. Like the new one. We really should. I do you think they would put it on Hulu instead of Disney Plus? They're gonna eventually bring it on. Like Because know. like if the entire holdup is just like uh, Lizzie can't fuck, like then what's her <laughs> <laughs> sorry? <laughs> Lizzie uh, wants to fuck. Hillary Duff imagine- wants to fuck. I'm just imagining Bob Iger at his desk and they're like, Mr. Iger, we uh we regret to inform you that Lizzie McGuire fucks in the reboot. He's like, God damn it. We can't have this. He, yeah, he retires from Disney because he can't like, crack even, it. Even though she is 29 and the show is about her turning 30. She's a virgin. She is just, it is the most like asexual, like watered down, like. She just has to wake up every morning and be like, I'm going on an adventure and then yeah. like go to sleep at night. Like and she uh she kissed Gordo that one time and that's it. That's all she's yeah. ever done with anybody. Yeah. I, I do like that trend. I mean, I don't like it, but like I find it really amusing. Like in every piece of Disney media, everyone's an incel. And I, I have to admire it. Because truly it is representation at some point. Like it's really nice to just have no one to fuck. It's really nice to see. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah incels were happening long before the term the term was coined are they know. are they incels or are they just children they, they were paving the way on disney well now i'm just saying like if they're if it's Lizzie mcguire not a fucking <laughs> Every... like she's an incel like like just by definition she's an not incel. every every child is an incel <laughs> But I mean, I'm saying, I, yeah, I would. I'm, I'm strictly talking in the failed reboot of Lizzie McGuire. Oh, okay, she she's an incel. Okay. Yeah, where she can't fuck, I think she's an incel. Yeah. Uh, Bob Iger, should... she's like really, he's like released the incel cut. Okay, here's my pitch. Here's my pitch for the new Lizzie McGuire series. This this is really inspiring me. Um, so this like. The creative vision of Lizzie McGuire is very much, like, breaking the fourth wall, like, whatever. Similarly to, like, Pleasantville, like, vibes, what if, like, they're, like, aware that, like, the studio, like, won't let Lizzie McGuire exist and live her life in her late 20s, early 30s? And the little, um, like whatever the little animated lizzie mcguire is like just shit talking bob Iger the whole time (laughs) (laughs) like they're like aware that they're so we're turning lizzie into deadpool is what you're saying (laughs) yeah yeah that would be a fun little edit to whip up is making that little cartoon just like talk shit about the disney corporation yeah Hashtag make Lizzie Deadpool. Well, I, I really, I have to wonder, and I feel like nothing's gonna change either way. 
but I wonder with Bob Iger stepping away, is any like are we gonna get more media like the like the Lizzie McGuire reboot or less? Or like exactly the same, which is like pretty much none but every once in a while like something sneaks in there. That's a great uh, question. It looks like we're only getting Star Wars for the next fifty seven. Oh yeah, you're right. I forgot based about on what the, happened the other day. I, yeah, I forgot. I forgot that we have a roadmap until I'm dead. Um, yeah, Liz McGuire's is small potatoes now. Yeah, Armor Wars streaming on Disney Plus in 2023. I think they could fold Lizzie McGuire into the MCU pretty easily. I I'm pretty sure canonically she fits in because I'm, I I said because, but I have nothing to back that up with. Um, <laughs> I mean, sure, she's an Avenger now. Like, why not? I maybe, maybe she like dates Falcon. <laughs> Are you just like? I know you're not a big superhero guy. Are you just like putting together names? <laughs> she dates. That, that's correct. Falcon. You've, caught, you've outed me. Maybe not, she, yeah, like, is like Nick well... Fury. <laughs> she just like loses her eye. She hooks up with Kat Dennings from Thor. <laughs> um, I I'm trying to think of like if she can't fuck Gordo, like I'm trying to think what Avenger would she go out with? And I'm trying to seriously base this off of her personality, at least in this movie. Like, I think she would. Um, I think she would like meet Captain America and get like flustered, mm-hmm. and he would be like. Sorry, like, sorry, hon, like, I'm, I'm too old for you. Because he's, like, you know, he's from, like, a million years ago. Peter Parker and, would come for Yeah, I could see her with Peter Parker because he's a friendly neighborhood. That's Spider-Man. fair. Little dweeb, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I, well, I, I guess I didn't think that through because I was, like, I forgot that she's, like, fucking a like she's 14 years old in this show and yeah. everyone's like 30. So that doesn't really yeah. check out. But um, I guess I was talking more about the reboot. Like who she, like if we're yeah, going to, I was thinking of it too. in the reboot where she's in the MCU, it's canonically Marvel studios, Lizzie McGuire, uh, where <laughs> who's she dating from the MCU? I think she would specifically date Toby McGuire. Oh, they have the same last name. Fuck. Um, <gasps> oh, that's a meet cute. That's how they, you know, that's how they meet. They're at like a DMV or something and they, it's like McGuire and then, you know. Whoa. (laughs) I think, um, we're talking as if his name isn't Peter Parker. Like his name is Toby Maguire outside of it and she's Lizzie Maguire in it. Well, that, yeah, it's like, it's like the HSM reboot situation where like they make it into a meta film. True. Yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah, I think that. I could see her dating um, Toby Maguire because I think just because of like the era, like the vibes of like Kirsten Dunst in those Spider-Man movies is like I could see like Lizzie McGuire kind of like being th- those vibes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, well, with the news of Toby coming in, Tom Holland Spider-Man, I guess anything's possible now. Yeah. I mean, we're seriously, we're just one step closer to Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, and Lizzie McGuire in the same universe. What we're trying to say is we got to get Lizzie McGuire in the MCU, in the Star Wars universe, or <laughs> just put her in Smash. Just put Lizzie McGuire in Smash. Well, her cartoon? Who, yeah. Who's Lizzie fucking in Star Wars is the question. 
Um, why does it? Why do you have to degrade her to that? <laughs> <laughs> why do you equate sexual stuff to degrading? This is, this is oh, because she should be ooh. a character in Star why Wars. Why is sexual? Why is sexuality a bad thing, Kira? Welcome to the saying... welcome back to the Barstool uh, Disney Channel <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Listen, who is she seeing in the Star Wars? <laughs> who did, who does she choose to see? We're complaining because they're not letting her fuck in the <laughs> Yeah, we're are, that's. But what I'm trying to say is this entire okay, argument, Adam. What I'm trying to say is. <laughs> Please. We're trying to attach her to a franchise to get her back as a character. And you're like, oh yeah, she could be like Is that what like we're girlfriend. doing? Yeah. We need to oh, get her I, back. No, I wanna see I don't wanna see Lizzie fuck, but I feel like after thirty years, like she deserves like it's the same thing with like the the phone and her. Like she deserves to live a full life. You know, she doesn't deserve to be a piece of technology. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to let Lizzie fuck. I just want. <laughs> Dear uh, Adam, yeah, Adam wants to let Lizzie fuck, and you're welcome for that. And Kira just put her head down, like in shame, on her desk. Broken. I'm not in shame. I'm just like I'm so broken right now. So who is she seeing in the Star Wars universe? I forgot. Like who, who did you what say, if, Kira? In Star Wars, um... Rose, Tico, Mando. Oh, put her in. Put her in the Mandalorian. <laughs> I haven't seen Mando, but isn't Mando like hot? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't Pedro, his... It's Pedro Pascal. So. Okay, I was gonna say if not him, then like Diego Luna. He took. I mean, spoiler alert. He took off his mask in the last episode, uh-huh. and everyone's like, "Oh fuck, he's hot!" Like. I mean, do they not know that already? <laughs> no, like, but like when you finally like, I mean, he did it last season too, but when he does it again this season, you're like, "Fuck!" Like, Pedro. No, tragically, she's seeing Bill Burr though, and we we hate to see that. <laughs> no one gets it, but she's really happy, and we're just we're not going to tell her not to. God, what if she's dating Pete Davidson? <laughs> she really is the Florence Pugh of the MCU and to or uh, to the uh, the SWU Star Wars universe. Um, she's the Florence Pugh to Bill Burr's Zach Braff. Whoa! Wow! <laughs> That's fucked up. Wait, so in the reboot, it, like I'm like, okay, so this is. Uh, just bringing it back to the reboot. So this is like targeted at adults, like our like generation and like millennials, like young millennials. That's what um, I was talking about. Yeah. So like, are they gonna make like pop culture references first of all, and second of all, like, is it gonna be like, I don't know, like pop culture references that are like really funny, like her being like Timothy Chalamet's too young for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's gonna. Um, I don't know if you've seen this clip, but of General Hospital, the the ABC soap opera. Yeah, you made and, me watch that about Doctor Strange. Yeah, she the the lady in that show. Have you seen this, Drew? What I'm talking no. about? Oh, what? It's, <laughs> uh, the the lady uh, says, "Well, you know, she's like having a fight with her ex, but there's there's still kind of a thing going on. I'm guessing." And she's like, "You know, Marvel Studios Doctor Strange is going to theaters pretty soon." And oh. then he said, and then the guy's just like, "Well, you know what?" I bought tickets months ago, and if I can't go with you, I don't want to go at all. 
<laughs> so that's Fuck. why I'm not doing the pop culture references of Lizzie McGuire. That sucks. <laughs> it's really bad. After we're and done like, recording, all, all the conversations, <laughs> all the conversations that we're having right now are like, um, like these are conversations that would have with that would happen in the reboot because Disney's behind it. It's going to be like, oh, like we're going to see the new Avengers movie. <laughs> like, well, yeah, and I mean, like, that's... or like Gordo worked on Avengers Endgame, <laughs> <laughs> like citing like specific scenes. Like, yeah, he's the one that worked on the special effects to make them like disappear. Yeah, exactly. That was, he, yeah, he, he did like storyboarding for like one Atlanta scene. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or if he's having rough times, he uh, he did a uh, he, he's like just he's in the writers' room for like some ABC show. I was gonna try to bring up specific Modern one. Family. Well, yeah, ended, he, so no, he does, they'll still talk about Modern Family. Okay. He he writes for like the Goldbergs. The Goldberg. Yeah. That's a perfect one for Gordo. Yeah. He's the one that comes with all the film references in the Goldbergs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's yeah, he's perfect. the one that makes yeah. it into like a film nerd show. And it's not like true to the character, and that he's like writing for like an ABC sitcom, and he's just like longingly looking out the window during like um like roundtable like meetings or whatever. Um, Wait, what if the, um, because you know, like in one of those, like in the situation you're describing, Kira, like where that character gets to see, like in the same office, like he sees a a director he really admires. mm -hmm. But in the, if an ABC produced this scenario, the director he admires is John Favreau. Oh my God. (laughs) John Favreau was gonna, oh my God. (laughs) Gordo's gonna be like a John Favreau fan. Yeah, Gordo loves the Lion King. No, he's just gonna come up to him like, Mr. Favreau, I've seen every episode of The Mandalorian, sir. I I need to pitch this to you. He definitely loves swingers. (laughs) Like, literally, they're gonna be like, Gordo signed on to make the live-action Lilo and Stitch. (laughs) (laughs) And if it goes well, he can do Fox and the Hound. This as well. is this is how they do the reboot. Is Gordo is yeah he is like slated to direct a Disney reboot that uh, Hillary Duff, who like is playing Hillary Duff now, is oh starring in, and wait, he doesn't know until he shows up. He's like, oh fuck. Wait, it's... while while Lizzie McGuire is a character in her own right, Lizzie McGuire ex- maybe. Liz McGuire exists, or no, Gordo, the guy who plays Gordo. <laughs> this is like the most oh. meta movie ever made, where like Adam Lamberg is uh, chosen is to direct the, the Liz McGuire series reboot, which is what we're watching. In, in, in that way, he is a true Charlie Kaufman. Uh, <laughs> Weirdly possible. enough, I, I don't know if, I think Kira might have seen this movie, but Black Bear, the mm-hmm. Aubrey, this is literally just Black Bear. Yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Without spoiling it, Black Bear is this insane as we're describing the Lizzie McGuire reboot. <laughs> like just hearing Drew describe that, like it like hurt my brain physically. Like, yeah, I was trying to imagine it. <laughs> and that's exactly how Black Bear makes you feel. <laughs> yes, yeah, so extreme Black Bear. It's really good. Really good. Yeah. Was it good? Um, it's yeah, really, really it's good. Really good. Okay. I don't know if Aubrey Plaza's ever been better. So that's and she's great wow. already. So I did not understand anything about it, and I accepted that it was really good. <laughs> No, it's it's a great movie. Um, it's like as if uh, Alex Ross Perry was good. So, that's all I'll say. That's, that's, that's all you gotta say. Honey, oh, I'm, I'm saying in. it. <laughs> Gordo knows that he's better than Alex Ross Perry. 
That's his whole vibe. <laughs> I just want to throw it out there for listeners. Her smell is exempt from that. Her smell is really yeah, good. Yeah, her smell is really good. Um, everything else is kind of ass, though. But whatever. I think, has someone already done the tweet that's like, Gordo had what Chalamet wants? Like, has someone already done that? I you know? feel like... I feel like it must have been done before. Where it's, it has never... to have been on other people's minds. Yeah, where it's like he he was just Chalamet is just trying to capture this essence, and then it's a pic of Gordo with like a long short sleeve button down. He's <laughs> Gordo really is the blueprint, isn't he? Like he really fucking is. Yeah, that that would be the meme. It'd be like he was the blueprint, and then like a picture of him next to like Ezra Miller and Chalamet. <laughs> Well, like, the thing is, I feel like Gordo was really the last, like, dweeby love interest, or, like, love interest slash best friend, because everyone else, like, following that was attractive, and not that yeah, Gordo they... was, like, ugly or anything, but you know what I mean, like, they're... No, they, yeah, they were just, too like, hot. Like, and Gordo yeah. truly is a guy who would just be that he's girl's man best friend. Yeah, he... but, like, everyone knows, even though he's, like, keeping it cool and he's not being shitty, like, everyone knows that he's well, in love like, with her. Even the scene where, um, oh, uh, like, uh, the Ethan is like messing with him about it. He doesn't even deny it. He just like walks in the other room. Like he, he just like plays it off. Um, and what's Kate? Is that the bully's name? Yeah. Like she's like, yeah. Like, what do you, why do you think he did it? So like Lizzie knows deep down, like mm-hmm. that he's mm-hmm. sifting for her, but it's very much like, um, like in like a in like a sillier way like i've been re-watching or watching through fraser for like a while now do you guys watch fraser i've i've watched it when i was a kid i liked it yeah um, so it's very much what how many seasons is it like a lot. five or six i feel like you've been watching it since our entire friendship i like i pick it up and <laughs> drop it and, like literally yeah. the day i talked to kira she was like have you heard of fraser <laughs> yeah i've liked Sick. it for like a year and a half and i'm only like four seasons in so um yeah it's very much like niles and daphne where it's just like they're just like very good like wholesome friends and there would be like moments where you could like kind of see them like coming together but like mm. not and like i feel like that's very much like a successful which i feel like every show tries to do that but I'm not sure why these two do it so well. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, can you guys think of any other examples? Cause I can't think of like any at all, like with that same trope. I don't, not off top. Another, another question I was thinking of finding another example of is, is does anything else, is there any other show or movie that has, uh, an animated character that plays the main character's inner monologue. Like, is that a thing? Yeah, because like I feel like it is. I, like, like yeah, I, gen- I feel like I've seen that before. Just like I feel like I've seen the you know that character before, but I can't name it. You know, um, like because that the, the you know the version of that does that it have is- to be like an animated version of themselves, or can it just be like a, a straight up cartoon character that? represents their inner self yeah it can kind of yeah it can be anything i guess because the the modern version of that is just um flea like mo- it's it's uh <laughs> wait it's what Fleabag. Flea yeah yeah honestly <laughs> or like or just any like mockumentary show where it just cuts to them in like you know in the office room being like ah or whatever well, this is i don't even know if this is sound i just know it's also a show where they have the character has like other 
animated characters that say things around him. Um, and I, I don't even know if you'll know this, Drew, but uh, it's called like Inside Jimmy's Head or Outside Jimmy's Head. Uh, it's on Cartoon Network. It was it was a big deal because it was the first live action show they ever produced. But they got away with it. Like he can't keep getting away with it from Breaking Bad. But like, <laughs> uh, it's the one. But they got away with it because uh, there were still cartoons in it, even though it was. Uh, so it was about like a middle school boy and his issues, and this guy was always like after him because he was like, I. Hold on, let me I, look outside. I'm looking at the poster. If I had this kid's exact hair in middle school, out of Jimmy's I, head. That's it. I, yeah, I would have watched the hell out of this show. It's not a good show. Like I'll say oh, it is like, sure. Yeah, even no, like even as a kid, I didn't like it. Like I, <laughs> and I was like, it should be my shit. Like this show looks like it's something I would love as a kid, and I just didn't. Like they even did a, um, it did one of those things where instead of like a season or a series premiere, they had a movie, uh, mm. and then they had a series after it. Mm. Um, and the movie I liked as a kid, but I never liked the show. Um, but I can't remember if these eight characters like were just wacky characters or if they actually said things like that he was feeling. The the Wikipedia starts out of Jimmy's head parentheses abbreviated as O O J H. Who is uh, who is doing that? <laughs> who is making that abbreviation <laughs> in conversation? I don't believe you. This has a two point two on IMDb. Yeah, I. Uh... That's brutal. That's pretty when sound I, for the type of shit I just bring up on the pod. When I looked up like TV shows that have like asides, like to see like if there are any like similar um, to uh, Lizzie McGuire, um, the first one that came up is just House of Cards, <laughs> <laughs> which most definitely so... does not. <laughs> I mean, oh, are we just talk- talks to the camera? I was looking up like. Oh. I was thinking about animated characters, and I was like, Frank Underwood does not have a fucking animated yeah. character. Could you imagine? Um, I can't <laughs> that, would, that would be really good if he did, though. I can't believe there's only, like, a week until our next Let Me Be Frank video, guys. Oh. And God. we're ending that conversation there. <laughs> Is he still doing those? That, oh, no. Hell of a year, isn't it? He did the past two years on Christmas Eve. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, and... I know, I know that show you brought up, Adam, is Cartoon Network, but I was going to say, as a whole, I really didn't care much for Disney shows. I watched, like, the shit out of them because, it, you know, I couldn't watch adult stuff yet. Slash, like, didn't really want to just because I was a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I liked, like, Zack and Cody and That's So Raven and all those back then. But upon rewatch, the Nickelodeon shows hold up a lot better, I think. Oh, yeah, like, I mean, we were talking about that, yeah. Like, yeah, there's I, a lot of there's a lot of genuine funny in, like, Drake and Josh. Like, they're, like, I mean, you know, again, someone yeah. you don't necessarily want to praise, but Dan Schneider, like, he he put in, like, a lot of universal jokes into his things where you can just watch it now and be like, yeah, this is, like, funny. This isn't just, like, for babies. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I tried to rewatch some of Zack and Cody which and there are like funny moments like genuinely in Zack and Cody like here and there, but it's not like Drake and Josh where I could like literally put on any episode like Zack and Cody. I have to like hand select an episode that I remember is good. Yeah, it's but, it's a lot cornier. But Drake and Josh, you can like literally like do like like roulette like with it and just like pick a random one and you're probably gonna get like a few laughs out of it minimum. Like, and at best you're gonna have like a fucking ride of an episode. <laughs> and I, I will say this, Drake and Josh is genuinely funnier than 90% of sitcoms that are on right now. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. 
Um, if not a higher margin. Yeah, because like the first sitcoms I started watching, like more adult sitcoms, were like like Home Improvement and like Full House. And Full House is like you know it's awful, but I've you know I've watched that like twenty times. I love it. It's yeah. just like it's really not funny. Um, it's something like Home Improvement had like solid jokes in it, but it, you know same with Drake and Josh. Like it has it's way different, but like it has good things in it. It's just not all good. Did you guys see? Um, but. Tim Allen on Last Man Standing met yes. young Tim Allen from no, Home Improvement. It's not even young Tim Allen. It's old Tim the Toolman Taylor meeting Last Man Standing, same age. Tim. Oh. In fact, um, oh no! I watched. I didn't watch the episode, but I watched. There was like a minute or two minute long clip on Kimmel about it, and I watched it in disbelief. But mm-hmm. they like it's like um, uh, the regular Tim. I don't know what the character's name is in Last Man Standing. But like uh, he has like regular, just kind of gray hair, mm-hmm. and then Toolman has like they uh, dyed it like completely white, like almost Santa Claus white. <laughs> uh, Santa Claus white. So uh, it's literally the two of them interact. Like he comes in to improve his kit, like work on his kitchen for him to improve. Oh my! To improve to his home. Improve. <laughs> home improve. He's like, uh, sir, I need to improve my home. I, the Toolman turns around. Yeah. Drew, have you not heard of this? Yeah, and then he... No! I can't believe I haven't heard of this. <laughs> this is exactly my content. Are you going to watch the entire episode as soon as you log off? No, that's, I can't I can't enjoy Tim Allen anymore. The man's awful. He's True. just a horrible person. I'm going to watch that clip, though, because that sounds like egregious. I'm going to have to send it to my sister. Well, he does the grunting noise that he does in Home Improvement. Oh, absolutely. I, um... For my sister's birthday, I think last year, I got her a cameo of the guy who plays Al Borland oh on Home God. Improvement. And he was he was really good. He was really animated. In, he's in Pin 15, right? As the dad? Yeah, yeah. Um, And you know how he always says, I don't think so, Tim? Uh, I got him to say, yeah. I don't think so, Lindsay. <laughs> That's a great gift. <laughs> yeah, it was great. That's awesome. Um. um but yeah, I I wasn't as big a fan of the the Disney shows, but I think a lot of it also was the laugh tracks are jacked way the fuck up on most Disney shows, and Lizzie McGuire didn't have that problem. Um, yeah, th- those laugh tracks were cornball. They were so processed. Yeah, especially um, I think Hannah Montana was maybe like the worst offender of it at times. Yeah, because like. And then they had they had like the scene transitions that were like "Ah, yeah 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 that's like my favorite like TikTok audio where it's like this as Hannah Montana scene transitions and then there are like the sad ones so it's like whoa whoa (laughs) yeah that is my favorite shit I think um it was um one of our mutuals on Twitter Kira uh uh Jocelyn and she like posted this meme of like uh like uh her like watch like it's the finale of hannah montana where she steps up the house and looks at it one last time and she's mm-hmm. like me leaving my dogs go smoke a blunt outside <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like ooh, wow <laughs> it's so fucking... <laughs> like while you're watching the character who's singing to you but she's not yeah. singing in the scene <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's so bizarre remember when dolly Parton was just on hannah montana hell yeah yeah it's remember when? Remember when her brother was played by like a ninety-year-old man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't he like canonically in the show like a twenty-year-old something just still fucking living at home. Yeah, yeah I he think was so. To be... 
in like his early twenties, right? Yeah, but he I was think... really like thirty-five. Yeah, or yeah, he was well, old. I, I remember he was just ugly as fuck, and like he yeah. was just always trying to. He was he was like what I wanted Lizzie McGuire to be. Apparently, he was always trying to fuck. Like they let Jack. I was gonna say Jackson Murphy, Jackson Mon- Jackson Montana. <laughs> No, Jackson Stewart. Jackson Stewart. Jackson Stewart. My bad. I'm just fucking up left and right tonight. Uh, they let Jackson Stewart fuck, but they won't let Lizzie McGuire fuck. Did he? How come cheap? Okay. How come cheap will it be? When they started Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus was 13 years old, and Jason Earls was 28 mm. when they started <laughs> filming. That's so fucked up. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah, no, that's that that is weird. Oh, I'm sorry. He has actually a uh, condition that makes him look younger. I mean, <laughs> I didn't know this. I'm sorry. Jason Earl does. Yeah, it's called <laughs> Common Syndrome. That's he looks weird. very young despite being in his early 40s. It is not unusual for for people to mistake him for a teenager. His age has been a controversial matter for years. Sources have established that it is due to Common Syndrome. That's interesting because his voice has changed. Which, like, I don't know if Andy Milanakis has that same syndrome or a different one, but his like voice never changed. You know. Um, yeah, it is crazy to me that he is 43 right now. Andy he... Milanakis is old as hell, too. Well, I, I'll say this. like, yeah, I, I do believe that Jason Earls is... like I'm looking at the picture, and this isn't like in a disrespectful way. Like I do under... I do believe he's like 43. Like, So, I don't know. But I'm glad he got his gig. He got his... Uh... Yeah, he got paid as fuck. Yeah, yeah. and he probably makes... And we were talking about like on the Cheetah Girls episode, like they're probably fine for life like with the disney plus checks like oh good. yeah they're fine the resids are out of this world just the syndication money alone is that's, like that's crazy. my dream in life i just want to start on one shitty sitcom and just get like yeah. for like one season but then it gets picked up for syndication like crazy <laughs> yeah i just want i want that to be my paycheck for the rest of my life i don't care about artistic creativity like fuck that i just want money no. like like i want all yeah i mean that's that's why acting allures so many people because you literally you just need that one break and you can make like like 50 million dollars yeah. or you could you know ha- be in a bunch of pilots that suck and make zero dollars <laughs> really now i finally up. understand emma stone and lala land i finally get it <laughs> <laughs> um i mean I don't know. Is there, is there anything else with Lizzie McGuire? Because we're we're pushing two twenty. Man, goddamn. <laughs> um, it was a hit. Box office fifty five point five million. That's pretty good for Gotta what you say it was seventeen it. million. Yeah, so uh, just about tripled. You yeah. gotta respect that. Was that domestic yeah. or worldwide? Um, I don't know because it I'm must have just done gangbusters in Italy, right? Oh God, yeah. Like, hold on, let me look it up. Lizzie McGuire movie. This is really fun for the listeners, I'm sure. In the um, Italian version, uh, Paolo is the hero. They've oh done it God. differently. Hashtag release the Paolo cut. <laughs> um, so domestically, it made forty two point seven million, and internationally, it made twelve point eight. So, uh, total worldwide was fifty, uh, fifty five, but. You're right on a seventeen million dollar budget, and also like this was back when ticket prices were like five dollars or whatever. Yeah. So like, good, good, uh, good investment, I guess. It's also it, like something 
Sorry. Uh, something like this um, that came out, like, what, two years into the show being on? Three years? Um, mm-hmm. And it making that much money, first of all. It being able to have a theatrical release and the show and the character and this movie having such a big impact on, like, zillennials in general and, like, young millennials is really impactful. The fact that, like it's so like influential on all of us and the fact that like the show literally only had like two seasons and it's like we're all like begging for this reboot which like we're not the only ones like i've heard so many other people um and like the fact that so many people want it to be like true which like we're memeing about it like let lizzie mcguire fuck but like it's like it this character like means so much to like because she's, like, like the one of the best, like, zillennial TV characters, I feel like. And she's very deserving of something that is, like, true to her character and very, um, like, I feel like every TV show tries to be, like, New York City in your 20s sucks. But, like, <laughs> it's, like, we want to see what it would be like for her. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, the same as all of them. Yeah, I mean... I I genuinely like would like to watch it, and I I don't know if I will go back and watch any Liz McGuire because I feel like I've seen enough episodes to eventually, if I ever do the reboot, I could probably catch on to it. The same way I caught onto this movie. Um, but no, I genuinely do want it. Like I hope it happens. I hope uh, Disney gets their priorities straight, and even like memes aside from Liz McGuire fucking, like I genuinely hope they like find some common ground and like let her genuinely like explore the character in ways that you know like it might not be disney friendly or whatever that means at this point but like i I don't know like i feel like if every like fucking mcu movie can be on disney plus like Mm -hmm. you can let liz mcguire like again the fucking aside like straight up love life and like talk about relationships and stuff like i feel like no one's gonna be offended by that genuinely like i feel like that's just a big mystic thing like it's just a made-up thing that prevents disney from ever trying so hopefully they get their shit together let terry cook (laughs) (laughs) that's really good (laughs) um i don't know is that it i think so i think drew should plug his uh it's it's really not that good (laughs) um but yeah we bought a mic uh pop culture podcast we talk really i would rather just talk about exclusively uh movies from my childhood but talk about like you know like uh a24 all that stuff um and like music and whatnot and like the um, joker yeah, yeah and we get jokerfied <laughs> um but thanks for having me on you guys i appreciate it mm-hmm. um, oh yeah we i mean honestly you were we don't really have on a lot of guests until this like past month or so i feel like Mm -hmm. and i always told kira i'm like drew is like high on the list for like guests that we have to get because every time we're like together we always talk we always end up talking about like these like childhood movies so i felt like you were the perfect guest for it yeah i think part of it's just i felt like i had like a pristine brain as a childhood and i just like absorbed everything and remembered everything so like no matter how good a movie is that i watch now it will not affect me the same way that like agent cody banks did (laughs) (laughs) 
Maybe you should. I'll I'll, uh, I'll get out of this call. You're the new host. Because <laughs> I don't remember shit. I have genuine like I I think Drew would give like these really genuine and deep dive investigations into these movies, whereas we just say shit like let Leslie McGuire fuck. <laughs> That's I mean, a lot of he's what involved I, in this. <laughs> yeah, I, I was not uh, on the sideline of that dialogue. <laughs> I'll admit. <laughs> um so but yeah i i do have to uh recommend also we bought a mic you guys were the reason i got into podcasting in the first place so i thank you guys and i genuinely you guys you say it sucks i love we bought a mic i listen often so uh, i'm glad you guys are still doing your thing thank you man you're a great guest on there i appreciate it <laughs> um you guys can follow me on twitter at adam underscore not sandler um and also the aggressively okay podcast we're still going uh gonna fucking murder joe this week so check that out um yeah that's all yeah i uh just really quick about joe i really enjoy all the pictures of him with the bruise on his forehead from the uh yeah. suction cup dildo yeah um you know, I, me and me and Joey were just literally sipping uh, cold ones, watching Fred Claus, and he decided to put a dildo on his face. And uh, mid Fred Claus, he realized that he had a dildo hickey on his forehead. So, um, and that didn't go off for like four days. So he went to work the next day with a dildo hickey on his forehead. So. Uh, yeah. so I hope his forehead's doing okay. <laughs> I don't. I hope he fucking dies. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at garlic emoji, and you can follow us on Twitter at Zillennial Canon, and also on Instagram at Zillennial Canon, and uh, give us some reviews. And um, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks for coming on, Drew. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, and thank you for letting me cook. Yeah, of course. <laughs> because uh, I would never want to miss this, because in my heart, I know what this is. <laughs> this is what dreams are made of. <laughs> hey, now. All right, guys. I'm, I'm, can you erase Bye. that part? I'm sorry. No, absolutely not. <laughs> right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.